I immediately think of uh, Ryan Reynolds when it comes to that stuff, like the PG-13 edgy, like sexual humor. Like that's the guy I always think of. Is it too much for you? What? Is it too much for you? No. No? I don't care. Okay. Waiting. When you have sexy thoughts, you think of Ryan Reynolds? I do, yeah. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds and Rosewater. Yeah. (laughs) Gets them every time. It's like the International Women's Day. I started putting it on my beard. Ryan, I'm put, all kinds of confused. So you you put all, Ryan Reynolds on your beard? You no. can stay all horned up all Rose day. <laughs> you, you do you celebrate a International Women's Day in the salty household? In Rosewater? It's a no. bathtub full of Rosewater? No. Or Ryan Reynolds? He's like, oh, International Women's Day. On a date. Oh. No, I've been meaning to try that. <laughs> no, you have not. <laughs> Take that back. I'm open to all forms of pleasure, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> you guys ready to talk about dinosaurs? Yeah, whenever you are. All right, cool. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast. I am your host, the Salty Nerd. And today's episode, we're going to be discussing the Jurassic Park sequel movies, Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, with a little snippet of Battle at Big Rock to include that into the franchise. And as always, I am joined by my salty crew, starting with Matthew Kadish, author extraordinaire. What's up, man? Roar. <laughs> that was the weakest roar. Weak. <laughs> <laughs> I am also Jude. I'm also joined. You are also Jude. I'm also Jude. Me too. I am Jude Juju, the ambassador (laughs) of estrogen herself. What's up, Jude? Hello. Thank you for the beard. Huh? Thank you for the beer. I thought you said thank you for the beard. That's what I thought he said too. (laughs) Yeah, that is what he said. Is it? He misheard himself. I misheard myself. Anytime. My brain said something. Thank you for the beard. Thank you. Whatever you want to do, I'm on board as your friend. <laughs> For those who can't see, Salty is growing a beard. Right he, now. He's trying to. Trying he's trying to. to. It's my quarantine beard. It's working. It's, it's only two weeks old. Give it time. <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need a little help. I do. It's, I'm, if it doesn't grow in like thicker than this, I'm just going to shave it off. <laughs> I'm not going for the like straggly John, look. John Snowbeard. Give, give it some time. No, no, not just done. No. Not John Snowbeard. Uh, I'm also joined by Matt Vader, the barbarian himself. What's up, man? I'm sitting here looking at Ricola cough drops <laughs> and an IPA, and I don't know if it's going to be a good mix. <laughs> Podcast life, buddy. Got to lube that throat. Yeah, got to lube that you, throat. <laughs> why don't you try putting one of your Ricolas in your IPA? Oh no, no, and then just sip on your IPA. <laughs> All right, guys, before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that you guys can support the podcast. You can go to saltynerdvideo.com, subscribe to our YouTube channel where we have all of our content there available to you. Not only do we have the full length episodes, we also cut them up in little segments for your listening pleasure. So if you want to support the podcast, please go to saltynerdvideo.com, subscribe, like, leave comments, tell us what you're thinking, tell us what you want to talk about, and we will see you on the interwebs. Now let's get into it. Dinosaurs. Ready? I don't know. Here we go. Never ready for Jurassic World. Bum, bum, bum. The long time sequel to. Say it in your your narrator voice. Jurassic World. Long time sequel to the 
expensively fantastic franchise, Jurassic Park, started by Steven Spielberg and taken up by Colin Trevorrow. Do you mean the long in the making sequel? Because otherwise, there were so many different versions of this movie. It's Feel, crazy. It feels more like a reboot. It's it kind of it's a soft reboot. It's a soft okay. reboot, but it does honor the it's legacy. It's a rebish. A rebish. Um, it is a soft reboot. I'm not gonna like sugarcoat it. It, it is. It's basically the same story as the first movie, uh, just with some extra features and some new characters. But uh, I think the biggest difference with with it is that it doesn't like doesn't springboard off the original movie and then just leave it in the dust. It kind of honors the legacy of it which is what I appreciate the most about these sequel movies is that they're not, they're not trashing what came before. They're actually using it to build um, a future story, which I really do appreciate it. But uh, this movie, like when it first came out, I remember way, way back before Chris Pratt was like Chris Pratt, right? The super famous superstar. You can't see it, but he just air quoted. I air quoted <laughs> Chris Pratt. <clears throat> uh, he, uh, I remember Star Lord. He, he Star Lord. Before he was Star Lord, he made a video, <laughs> like just a, a regular video. When he was still Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec, he made a video. Looks like he was like making fun of like Steven Spielberg. He's like, yeah, I called Steven and uh, you know I wanted to be on uh, Jurassic Park Five. You know, I told him like it's got to happen, right? It's going to happen. And then like a couple of years later, the, actually they did cast him in Jurassic Park Five. Do you follow him on Instagram? I do. He's Pratt. awesome. He's so funny. He's cool. I love it when he posts about being really hungry because he's trying to get in shape yeah. for his other movies. He's like, what's my snack? What's, what's my, my snack? snack? I'm so hungry. <laughs> I, I, when he was... Uh, when he had the chocolate cake? Yeah. Oh my God, getting, it was so funny. It's hilarious. You know, he's like, I'm just going to have a bite. And he eats the whole thing. <laughs> There's this great story about uh, Zoe Saldana who plays uh, Gamora in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. She was being interviewed and... Uh, the interviewer was asking her, so, so like, what's it like being, you know, the only woman in this cast? It's like, or do the guys always uh, make, uh, you know, raunchy jokes around you? And she's like, actually, most of the talk is just about what we're going to eat <laughs> <laughs> after after the movie's over. <laughs> They're all tired of being in shape. But yeah. Chris, I, Brown, I mean, talk about a glow up from Andy Dwyer mm-hmm. to uh, to Star mm-hmm. Ward and, and Owen Grady, like, Damn. Mm-hmm. Owen Thunderguns. <laughs> Owen Thunderguns. He looks good in these movies, man. It was really cool to see. I, I've, I've been following him for a while. Like I said, a huge fan of Parks and Rec, so I knew who Chris, Chris Pratt was a long time ago. And like seeing him get these bigger and bigger roles and become the, like, this big-time movie star is really he, cool He was pretty chunky on Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was a big dude. It's a, I don't think he was a big boy. I just think he was, he was like chunky. a dad bod boy. Yeah, he had bad dad bod for sure. Was he a dad no. at that time? Yes. No, I, I can't remember. I'm not like that deep into his personal life, but I think they just have a 10 year old. Well, he was originally married to Anna Ferris and then they divorced and then he married a Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are they married now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank but you. Anyway, thank you for You're correcting welcome. me there. <laughs> no, but I think, <laughs> no, I wanted to know that. That's good. That's I think good his little boy with Anna Ferris is like 10 now. Hey, he's, he's like, he's connected to Arnold. Yep. Yeah, he sure. is. He's like directly connected yeah, to his son-in-law. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty cool. He's Arnold Schwarzenegger's yeah. son-in-law. That's pretty, That's pretty badass, cool. actually. <laughs> if he ever disappears, it's because he messed up real bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I just I remember when the the rumors started kind of flowing at who was getting cast in this new Jurassic Park movie and like what the storyline was going to be. And I remember for the longest time, like the big like just you know 
nothing was going on with the JP franchise for a long time. We were, there was always speculation as what the next story would be. And there was talk about like dinosaurs and human hybrid mixed together that were going to go and like start fighting in wars and stuff. How, is, how long was it between the movies? Uh, what a 2001 between, and then 2015. That was the craziest thing was, um, really? thir- yeah, it was 13 years. There oh. at one point, the movie was about mercenaries who are human dinosaur hybrids. Yep. There's like, there's concept art of it. It's like bananas, dude. It goes way off the rails. I would have loved that movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's you could look into it, man. They had concept how, art, they had um, scripts. I, they had, I they believe were ready you. To go. I believe you, That's Alex. Okay. How 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 active was the Jurassic Park fandom um, leading up to Jurassic World? Because, like you said, there was a, you know, Jurassic Park three wasn't the best received movie. No, and you know there was like a big stint between. Jurassic World and Jurassic Park 3. So, like, what was the fandom like in that period? It's hard for me to say because I haven't really been active on Twitter until I started this podcast. So I wasn't, like, deep diving into different fandoms and stuff like I am now. But um, I know there's a a handful of YouTube channels that have been around there for a long time that they've – during that, like, long period of nothing, we focused on books. There's a couple comics that kind of came out here and there. Video games. Video games. um, We've had a a few – things that kind of came out like that, but nothing major. It was pretty low key for a long time. What was the gap? About 15 years? Almost 13. Yeah. 13. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, but when we, we found out that there was going to be a new movie made, I think it kind of exploded and and it was one of the biggest movies that came out that year, which was really cool to see. And I, I know I called my dad immediately and I was like, Hey dad, there's a new movie, new Jurassic Park movie. I'll I'll take you to it. You know, just I'll come pick you up. And he was thrilled. Oh yeah. He loves him. He was like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's go. Sounds like my daughter and my wife with Harry Potter movies. <laughs> my, oh, wife, my wife gets to, got to go to a Harry Potter movie every other year for on her birthday years. for yeah. seven years. Eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Because yeah. they split the last one in two. Yeah. Vader, if your wife and daughter ever want to come over and have a Harry Potter night, I'm, I'm hosting. Well, my daughter would be down, but my wife, no. She's I'm got enough on her birthdays. Never seen any of the Harry hates, She movies. can't stand them. She's like, it's like me dragging her to Star Wars movies. She's so not a nerd. It's, it's, it's really kind of fun. She's really not. Um, but anyway, my, my theatrical experience. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm so sorry the rest of us are here. <laughs> uh, you guys don't care about dinosaurs. That's all right. Move that throat. I care. I, I care. You care. I care that you care. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I care that you care that you like these not so great but fun movies. I had a, I had a blast at <laughs> this movie. I'm not... They're a special place in your heart. They are. They are. That's but fine. I did like I also can I can try to look at it with a critical eye. And you know, it's not my favorite movie. I can obviously see that it's a very soft reboot, which I think might be <laughs> you it's right just there? water. I know. Vader just lubed his throat. <laughs> yep. Now my lips are all oily. <laughs> Do you feel moist from the inside kind out? Of. <laughs> Sorry, derailed. <laughs> Uh, I'm leaving that in. That Sorry. was funny. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you feel moist from the inside. <laughs> anyway, dad at the theater. <laughs> uh, I had a good time. I knew I knew what it was, you know, and, and there's um there's something interesting that I wanted to say because it, it's pretty obvious that to say that this is kind of like a soft reboot, like we said already. But um, what I wanted to mention was that... Um, this is not exactly what Colin Trevorrow wanted to do with the franchise. Um, there's a couple of interviews, nothing like outright, like he was pissed that he had to do this, but obviously he was very gracious and he's been a great uh, director to kind of usher this franchise into the new era. And 
what I wanted to say was that like he, there's a couple of interviews with Chris Pratt and, and him. And I think Bryce Dallas Howard might've mentioned something along the lines of like the, the reboot style movies that we've been getting is not what Colin had in mind. I think the studio wanted to kind of reinvigorate the franchise, kind of remind people about this world, about this universe. It's been 13 years. Let's reintroduce uh, the, the, basic plot of these movies. So that's, I think that's why these first two movies, Jurassic world and then fallen kingdom were basically Jurassic park and lost world kind of reboots. But I, in, except for the first one, I think lost world um, kind of shied away from where it should have gone. And that's where fallen kingdom kind of went with the story is, is the dinosaurs are off the Island on the mainlands and, and lost world didn't go that direction, which I think, I think Fallen Kingdom did a better job at that. But uh, before we get too deep into the woods. <laughs> I have um, some snark, but I'll save it for the next movie. <laughs> we'll come to you. Right, well, why, don't you uh, why don't you tell me what was your, uh, did you see this movie in theaters? Did you? I think I did. You think you did? Yeah. You did not, I, not, uh, nothing that kind I, of like I, stood I, I out don't to you? remember if I did or not, to be perfectly honest with Ouch. you. <laughs> but I've, I've seen it plenty of times. Yeah. So. What about you, Jude? What about you? Have you? Uh, I don't remember when I first saw this movie. God, Sorry. Man. But I support you. <laughs> <laughs> we're glad you like dinosaurs. Yeah. So, so when Matt, when I, Matt and I were watching, um, I know this is fa- uh, fast forwarding a little bit, but we're going to talk about um, the short film. Yeah. What, what was it called again? Battle oh. of the Big Rock. Battle of the Big Rock. Yeah. So when we were watching that, we we all we f- got finished watching that, and I just like looked at Matt, and I was like, you know. I am not upset at all that we live in a world with no dinosaurs. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, right on. And that's kind of how I feel. Like, I'm not upset that there are no dinosaurs. I respect your love of them. And I definitely empathize with you because this is how I feel about sharks, but I don't necessarily want sharks around. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they were real. I wish they were real, too. I It'd do. Be dope. Well, they were real. I mean, well, now. yeah, I wish they were still alive. There you go. How's that? Oh, Gosh. leave it to Kadish to be like, well, actually. Well, actually. <laughs> Kadish, why don't you. Where's well, your dossier that you have? <laughs> why don't you tell us <laughs> your uh, theatrical experience about the Jurassic World movie? So uh, I've made it clear by now that I was not a big Jurassic Park fan. Uh, Mr. Poopy Pants. Yeah. I like the first <laughs> one, second one. Meh. Didn't watch the third one until, you know, we did the podcast on it. Really? You yeah. can't see it, but Kate wow. is just side-eyed um, Alex really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so when this movie came out, I was actually in the middle of my kind of first big book tour. Um, I was doing a lot of convention stuff. And uh, I think I even, dragged, like I had just first started dating Jude um, when it came out. And so I, I was seeing like a lot of posters for it, like around Vegas and I was just like, uh, I, I didn't see the third Jurassic Park. I don't really care about Jurassic Park. So I never actually saw this in the theater. But I did get it when it came out on video and watched it. And I actually really enjoy this movie. I think it's a it's a very fun movie. It's got a lot of flaws. But the it, it's one of those films where it's so enjoyable, you can look past the flaws and just kind of like, you know, turn your brain off and have a good time watching it. It's a... Uh... It's easily my second favorite in the yeah. series. I, Franchise. I, I'd agree with that, yeah. Yeah, the, the first Jurassic Park and then... Yeah. What... Um, I, I also enjoyed this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we know you did. Yeah. I can't think of any outrageous flaws in this movie that were like, that kind of 
killed the plot. Everything makes sense to me, but I'm like super deep into the lore and history of the movies and of the books and all that stuff. So I'm like, maybe I have some external knowledge that kind of fills in some of the gaps that there might be in the films themselves. Can you specify what you're talking about? Not necessarily. You just knocked on a door to a Pandora's box. I'm going to answer every single one of them and it's going to go away. I would say that in terms of the writing, there isn't much bad with Jurassic World. Um, but my biggest problem is with some of the concepts. Like, like some of them are just silly. <laughs> uh, the whole militarizing dinosaurs type thing. Like, I get that's why, a big sticking point with you. Well, I mean, it's stupid. <laughs> He's a military brat. <laughs> I am a military brat. I grew okay. up in the military, but also just from like a, a strictly logical point of view, um, you know, uh, militarizing dinosaurs is ridiculously dumb and ineffective. (laughs) Um, And I get the theme they were going for with that whole concept. And they kind of doubled down on it in the second movie, which really wasn't good. But, um, you know, it it felt like there were just like a lot of like forced plot elements that had to happen in this movie in order for the plot to go forward. But like I said, um, this movie is so enjoyable that, you know, I'm willing to forgive a lot of these things. Like, I got to tell you, Alex, when I was rewatching this and I had forgotten all about this movie. So my rewatch, it almost felt like I was watching it for the first time. Um, seeing that Tyrannosaurus versus the Indominus Rex fight at the end was just, oh, it gave me chills. It, it, it was so cool. It was just like, you, you know, like you had like the, the bad dinosaur who's been terrorizing everyone the entire movie. And then like the T-Rex just shows up and he's like, come at me, bitch. Not in my house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that, like, that's what's cool about these movies is like, you know, it's not, it's, it's not that great of a movie, but it's cool enough to where you're like as hell. rooting for these it, dinosaurs yeah. when they're fighting yeah. at the end. It's like, yeah. oh, come on, Rexy, kick and his then, ass. Yeah. And then when Blue comes tromping down yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and you're like, moment. hell yeah, Blue. <laughs> you're my boy, Blue. Yeah. <laughs> I do have one question though. What's up? Where did all those thousands of people go? Oh yeah. That's the question. Like everyone at the park just disappeared. They just disappeared. 20, people. In the middle I, of the Tyrannus well, I know, the rampage. I know that they show that they were all kind of like stuffed into like this building waiting to be evacuated via ferry. Yeah. yeah. And that was kind of like the movie's explanation. As Which to is where nowhere. Went. If you guys remember in the movie at the beginning, when they get there, the ferry that brings them to the Island is nowhere near the visitor center. No, like it's far, far away. You have to like get, Get no, what, what, what I mean is, is there's the, the scene where they're all getting eaten. Best death scene of the entire series, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> a lot of people don't with, like with, that scene. With the nanny chick. And I don't understand why. It is brutal. It is the most gratuitous death scene <laughs> I've ever seen. Like, okay, like that, that's one of my problems with this movie. Bring that, it on. That, bring that, it on, <laughs> man. You want to talk about gratuitous death scenes. Read the books. <laughs> this is well, like playtime. But, but, but no, like this, this was... They like were torturing this woman. This oh, yeah, for sure. And, <laughs> and, totally and it's, it's funny because Trevor O himself said like his intention with that death was just to make it so over the top that, you know, you know, he, he wanted, to, it was the first time a woman had ever gotten killed in the Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> That's true. And, uh, and yeah, he wanted yeah. to give her the best death because she was a woman. <laughs> okay. So a little bit SJW, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but the backlash from it was so bad because like she hadn't done anything to deserve such a terrible death. That she lost the kids. Well, she lost the kids, but, but she wasn't like a, a, an awful character. And so like when, when he was making the, the second movie, he had heard the criticism. Mm-hmm. Cause one thing you can say about Trevorrow is like he, he does have his finger on the pulse of the fandom. Oh, he's, 
He's a fantastic guy. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so like when he was making the second one, he's like, okay, everyone who dies has to deserve. Well, he didn't death. direct the second See, one. I, well, he wrote it. He wrote it. Oh, okay. And, uh, and, and, and he also uh, produced it. But um, like, like in the second movie, he, he made sure that, you know, if someone died, they had it coming. And in, in that first movie that, I mean, that nanny check, oh my God, it, it went on forever. Oh, great. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was I, it's my I, favorite kill in the entire series. Like I understand, really I understand what you're saying. I love that kill. I understand what you're saying. I don't know how many times I'm going to agree with you, but yeah. I'm just going to keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Y'all need anger management. <laughs> Kill that bitch. Like, I, I, why, why do you I, hate women? Is her, is, her name, <laughs> is her name Carol Baskin? <laughs> I get what you're saying. And I, I, under, I, I, I just, understand I, the argument where people were like, I personally have a really hard time watching women being like tortured. <laughs> but but, but I, I mean, I mean like it's bad enough. She gets picked up, but she's like, you know, she gets dropped in the water and then like, they start like, like attacking her in the water and she's being like, you know, pulled in and out of the water yeah. and, and she's screaming the whole time. And it's just, it's horrific. <laughs> And, really? it, and it lasts forever. I didn't, I, it was I didn't more, think it was it's such a drawn out. It was, death. it was more cartoony to me than horrific. Uh, I didn't like. Yeah, it, it wasn't like bloody and no, like gory was, or anything. It was it was a PG kind of I mean, thirteen. As far as like the the pterodactyls or, or I can't remember what they're the pteranodons or something like that. I can't remember the specific name of whatever one was actually like attacking her. But like, oh wait, was this a genetic modification? I thought it was just a pterodactyl. No, it was, it was, they're all real. All the, the only one that's a genetic modification is the Indominus. Everything else is, is a okay. real dinosaur. In the okay. So there's, there's a uh, fossils out there of the little flyers with the T-Rex head. Yeah. Those are real. Those are real. I thought that was made up for the movie. I no, I don't think it, okay. so. I think it's real. Wow. Yeah. I'm pretty Those sure. Those things are terrifying. Because, yes, exactly. <laughs> Cause that's what I thought. And I was like, that's a weird looking dinosaur. Yeah. Is that real? And then I did some research and yeah, sure enough it is. Huh. It's like a little flying T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking weird. Nasty. Not okay with that. Um, anyway, I wish they, but, wish they were still. You real. know what bothered me more than that death? Hold on, I want to. I want to address the death though, because this is an interesting conversation that that a lot of people have, and I got an argument on Twitter about this with somebody. They were like, "Everybody needs to deserve their death." I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I agree with. I that. don't agree at all. No, these are no. animals. If you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you're gonna die. Random. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I you're agree. a good person or a bad but, person. But speaking from a narrative perspective, it's like you either want the death to be tragic or you want it to be deserved. Otherwise, you get people who get upset with you know, the, the killings, and and just just like from a narrative structure point of view, like you know that has to be a consideration when you kill off a character. Okay, I mean, I I get it. I just I, I always go back to Eddie. Like Eddie doesn't. I mean, I guess you could say that was more of the tragic death. Who was Eddie? Eddie Carr is the guy who got uh, in a in Lost World who got ripped in half by two T Rexes. Yeah, that was gnarly. That was way more gruesome yeah. than this one. But that was tragic. It was like, like, like yeah, he, yeah, he, he sacrificed himself because he was trying to save his friend. What, oh, what about the, the, the what, what about okay. the, uh, the, uh, paddock guard? Yeah. He didn't deserve to die. Oh, the fat one. The or fat the, guy. The other guy. Yeah. Where Pratt was underneath the other car and yeah, he just looks yeah. at him. It's like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he's done. <laughs> I mean, he, he deserved to die, I guess, because why did he deserve to die? Because he was the he one was, who opened the door. That oh, the cause he out. was, he got scared. I guess that's how yeah, you could justify okay. it. All right. Yeah, I that, think that, it's, that I think it's a stupid justification because he was going to, because if he didn't do that, he was going to yeah. die anyway. That so. was also a tragic death. <laughs> okay. That is tragic. But how cool was that camouflage power? That's from a, from the books. There was uh, two dinosaurs in the books that had camouflage abilities and they, they kind of got left out throughout the other trilogy and they kind of like throw these little hints at like, hey, we read the books too in these movies, which is kind of cool. You know what I would have liked to have seen? 
I would have liked to have seen why the Asian scientist guy goes so evil. Dr. Wu? Yeah. Because we only see him in one movie and then he's gone. Yeah. For a long, long time. And then in these movies, he's a dickhead. He's like Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. Which I think is, I think it's kind of cool. In in the books, he does, he does have a bit of a power trip, which I think is, is these movies are true to his character. I, I feel like he was drunk on power. I think he just had an ownership of like, this is my creation and I want to like, I want to be the one. He is like the definition of the mad scientist. I wouldn't call him evil necessarily because like he's so obsessed with like, you know, playing God as opposed to like, you know, the ramifications of having done that. Yeah. I think it goes back to that original statement from um, Dr. Malcolm when he's like, your scientists were so obsessed with whether they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I love about these movies is how much they kind of draw on those same themes from the old movies and they pick up these little threads and they kind of carry them on. And Dr. Wu, um, like he dies in the first book, so he's not really in the books anymore after that, um, or not even mentioned. Uh, But as far as the movies are concerned, I I think it's a natural progression for his character. Uh, He's the one, the only one left from the original park that was there from the beginning. Like Hammond's gone. All the other people are probably gone. Nedry's gone. He was just a tech anyway, but like, he, I think he feels like he owns this technology. He owns the dinosaurs. He is the one who created them. He gave them life. So he has this like this like God mentality. Is Sam Jackson still alive? No, no he, he died. He, did he die? Yeah, yeah he, he got, got eaten. Got eaten by a raptor in the first movie. Right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Remember when she's got the hand? Hold on, on to your butts. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think that Doctor Wu um, had a, a. I think he felt like both God and mother to these creatures yeah or, then, or father he actually has one yeah. of the most important lines of dialogue in these movies in all of the movies in in this one jurassic world where he's um with the the ceo guy i can't, God, I can't remember uh, Mizrani, i think his name is comes to him and says hey why did you make the indominus rex so like evil <laughs> like, uh-huh. he's like i'm just doing what you told me to do and, and you know they were talking they went on yeah, originally about, he was like that's so terrifying. It's amazing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he was like, whoa, why did you make it it's like eating that? people. Yeah. Like, what did you expect yeah. was going to happen? Yeah. His line about like nothing in Jurassic world is natural. All of these animals are hybrids of other types of animals. If they, the line that I like to point out the most is like, if these animals were realistic, they would look far different than what they look like in the park. And he's like, you didn't ask for reality. You asked for more teeth. So that was his that was his line of dialogue that I thought like being a Jurassic Park fan and seeing these like these articles come out like Jurassic Park got it wrong. Dinosaurs actually didn't look like this. And they like they try to like throw shade at the movies for not being accurate to like modern day scientific, you know, theories and stuff. I'm like, A, these movies were made before this discovery. So it's not going to be completely accurate if that's what they were going for. B, they've never been going for like the full 100% authentic dinosaur accuracy. So it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They say from day one that they're like, yeah, it's hybrid. Spliced with yeah, other spliced DNA. With frogs mm-hmm. and other things. And, and I think <clears throat> cuttlefish comes up and other, yeah. uh, something else in this movie that they were human. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> that would be terrible. Um, Wait till the next one. No, 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 no. Please, no human dinosaur hybrids in these movies. <laughs> cloning. Would, cloning. Now that's a spoiler alert. That yeah, spoiler alert. That's a, that we'll talk about that in well, a minute. Yes. But I thought that was very interesting. The yeah. reptilians are they they're off the planet. <laughs> they they escaped the planet millions of years ago. Oh, okay. Aliens. Is that like a oh that's a Star Trek episode? No, it's Voyager. That's real. Is it? 
the reptilians are one of the alien races with the grays and the reptilians and the tall whites. That's an entirely different podcast there. So can we talk about that later? Sure. All right. That sounds fun. That's Patreon only. Is (laughs) Is this from the show V? No. No, no, this is real, babe. This is, this is some real. Oh, this is real. This is some real ancient Ancient aliens type stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll get into it later. Yeah. Yeah, Alex and I were talking about alien, my alien theories while you guys were gone. Yep. You guys don't like my alien theories. You guys would be, especially you. you. Oh, you get all I never tell you, Katie yeah. my alien theories. <laughs> Keep that to yourself, what we discussed earlier. I'd be sir. like, we have to break up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It was aliens. So, so you, you know I'm what? I'm like, it was aliens. He's like, nah, it's probably the Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know the thing in this movie that really bug, bugged me more than Hold anything on, We're, we're going to dial this back into the movies, guys. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> the thing in this movie that bugged me the most was the running in the high heels. That bugged you? It bugged a lot of people. Really? I, I, I turned to Jude when we were watching it the other night. I was like, can, can women actually do that? Can can they sprint in high heels? My wife like, can. Nah. I didn't I know, care it didn't, that much. Yeah, it didn't bother me at all. Because it was actually kind of like part of her character. So like, look, I, I kind of got like a semi weird crush on her a little bit. Bryce Dallas Howard? Yeah. I, I like my redheads, man. I, I married you. one. So she can run around in high heels all she wants. It's fine. <laughs> so it's all good. <laughs> I, I feel it's like a they suspension of disbelief breaker, though. It, I feel yeah. like they should have just done like a Jewel of the Nile moment with them and just hacked off the heel, and then she could have run in them, and then nobody would have had a problem with yeah, it. Turned them into flats. Yeah, mm. they could have. But I didn't I'm know actually surprised that the heels didn't break while she was like sprinting away. Those were some sturdy shoes. Yeah, yep. they, they were. She's running through the forest. She don't buy no payless. Get buy one, get one. <laughs> <laughs> not super glued on heels. Those things are built. Um, I know I liked it. I mean, it, it, it's weird to say I liked it, but I was just, it never bothered me. It wasn't like a, the thing that if you want to talk about a suspension of disbelief breaker, starting that freaking Jeep, those two kids starting the Jeep that, and then like it just turned on and they drove away from the, well, was there something wrong with the Jeep? It's been sitting there for like 20 years. So you put some gas in it. And yeah, they changed the battery. That's all they did to yeah, that's it. That's all you need. They, they did. Okay. <laughs> like what battery was laying around that was going to make you know <laughs> they, they justified it by saying that they you know fixed their grandpa's car. Yeah. yeah. And with that battery they were they filled it up with water and stuff like that. Now so like I they, c- they basically like recharged it. Okay, but weird that you had an issue with that, but you didn't have an issue in uh, Jurassic Park three, where they like happened upon that boat and they were like, Yeah, we'll just start up the boat and we'll go down the river. Boats are sturdy. And that had been yeah, no, <laughs> no. The gasoline been sitting there that long in the moisture. I didn't even bring it up because I knew it was nitpicking, but because you said you had a problem with it. I don't have a I problem f- with it. Feel like I just say if like as far it. as like suspension of disbelief, like trying to stretch it a little bit, like two kids starting a 20 year old Jeep that's been sitting in the garage that happens to still have tires that are like good. Like, I don't know, maybe because I work on cars more than I work <laughs> on boats, but <laughs> I found that I found that a little bit of a it stretch. Was, it was a little bit of a stretch. I think but, you're correct. Yeah. Yes. But nothing that like broke the movie for me. I was just kind of like, meh, that's probably not real. Carry on. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys it want? Wasn't, I mean, it's not real? No. I think that's real. The... Yeah. No, they don't have dinosaurs. It's what? Not, it's not real. <laughs> I guess I'll go outside now. Yeah. We're done. I feel like the kids in the original were way more likable than the kids in this one. Why do oh, they, ouch. Why do they have kids in every single... We it's talked about this last it's, time. It's a yeah, tradition. It's, a it's tradition. part of the the fabric Gotta of these movies. Kids. Gotta have them babies. Why can't we ever eat some kids? 
You want? Do you want to see a child yeah. get eaten by a dinosaur? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Happens in the book. Happens in the book. Read Let's the book. Do it. Go if you're gonna do it, a do baby, it. A baby, a newborn gets eaten, man. That's, That's even gnarly. Right? Right? Yeah. hates Whatever. books. And considering how much salt he hates kids and movies, you'd think yeah. that okay. this would bug him. <laughs> you understand, I've talked about this a million freaking times. My issue with kids and movies is when kids do things that are unbelievable and or make adults look like g- gymnastics that kick dinosaurs. Yes, that way. I told yeah. you I didn't That's like so that moment uh, in the movie. Like fixing Jeeps. Yeah. When when is the acceptable age for dinosaur digestion? <laughs> 18 at least. Yeah. 18. 18? Yeah. Yeah. They have to be 18 to get yeah. eaten by a dinosaur? To, for it to be acceptable. Did none, there was, there, there was like a younger. ton of kids there at the park when all the flying raptors and shit came down. And they said there me was, they said none there of them kids several, got eaten. They did say there were several missing kids. Uh, during the the pandemonium of like everybody running around, they were like, "We've got missing kids." Now I want I want to go watch that again and see if there was like any any kids, kids that got, got picked up picked up when they <laughs> yeah. flew through. Yeah. No, Some but, CG kids. <laughs> 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 no, but I like my favorite part about the attack with the pterodactyls that came into the visitor center is the guy who had two margaritas. Oh yeah, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that guy. He's like, a like, gift. Like, as the dinosaurs are attacking, he gets his margaritas and runs away. <laughs> Because he doesn't doesn't want to waste his margaritas. <laughs> like, I feel that guy. <laughs> Those are like forty dollar margaritas. I, yeah, <laughs> I see that guy every day in Vegas when I'm at work. Yeah, he's like, he's and like, if you need to hunker down for a while and wait for. Things to blow over. You I need those margarita. margaritas. Yeah. You know, he's, he was like one of those old guys on vacation. And yeah. like, he just wants oh, yeah. to relax and drink. He's wearing a shirt like Alex right now. <laughs> yeah. A little Hawaiian shirt. Hawaiian with with shirt his with oversized, oversized sunglasses. Yep. I love that guy. That's my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> uh, my favorite character is actually Lowry. I loved Lowry. Lowry. The, the, Which the, one was that one? The tech oh, the, guy who, yeah. who wore the... Oh, uh, James... Uh, what's his name? Jake actor, Johnson. Jake Johnson. Oh, you mean Nick? Yeah. Yeah, Nick, Nick from New Girl. Yeah. He's awesome. He's, Same dude. He's coming back for the third movie. Is he? Is he? Yeah. Good. We were cool. wondering what happened to him. Well, yeah. they were in talks to bring him back for the second Jurassic World, and he was going to have like a ponytail, and he was going to be all traumatized <laughs> from, having, <laughs> from having seen like, you know, dinosaurs eat people and stuff. Like he was going to have like PTSD and like be all like nervous. And um, I guess like eventually they just decided to go in a different direction and not bring his character back because they wanted to have like younger characters in the movie. But I'm glad to hear he's coming back for the third one. Yeah, he's coming back for the third one. Because he was one of my favorites. He's awesome. I love yeah. his character. His, his name will be Nick and everything he's ever. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Nick from New Girl. Yeah. Well, yeah. well Jude asked when we were watching. He was like, what's that actor's name? I'm like, Nick. It's Nick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to see Schmitty come back in a cameo. Oh, God. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to see a whole movie of with Nick Schmidt and Winston. There you go. Like <laughs> I'd watch that. New movie. Girl is. I just want to see it's New so Girl funny. on on a movie. I want to see I the wanna, new, new Girl the movie. That'd be can good. we learn how to play the American? The, oh, the yeah, drinking yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, that true they American. Play. True American. Yeah. I want to play yeah. that freaking drinking. The floor game. is lava. Yes. Yes. Dude. You yes. Need to do that. I if I could old. reach you, I would high five you right high five. now. <laughs> Vader's over here like Winston with his cats. <laughs> Zoe Dachanel. Are you the? <laughs> I love her. She's awesome. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Okay, all right, my, I'll just say that was a some of the yeah, totally derailed. You guys don't care enough about dinosaurs for me to keep you on track. We care. <laughs> we care. Stop you declaring know why? that. We because don't care. We care because you care. Okay. Here, well, here, when, here's how much I care about dinosaurs. <laughs> See, he doesn't care. We care. Here's all how right. much I care about dinosaurs. Like, 
I feel like the Brontosaurus, is that the, the one with the big neck? It's the Brachiosaurus. Yeah. Brachiosaurus. Okay. Brontosaurus also has one. That's what I said last week, and you jumped my shit. No, Mom, because Dad, you... please don't Okay, fight. the Brachiosaurus is in the movie. That's the scene that you're talking about with Alan Grant and Ellie when they look in the Jeep. That's I don't a, know what, long necks. Brachiosaurus. Okay, it's long necks. Brontosauruses also have long necks, and so does another type I can't remember the name of. There's three different types of right, long necks. So the Brachiosaurus... <laughs> Plant eaters? The Brachiosaurus gets done so dirty in all the Jurassic World movies. Um, like, they just get mauled and tortured. <laughs> and, like, it's so heartbreaking. Every time, like, yeah. like when I saw, okay, so first of all, the, we have a death in the first one where the Indominus Rex basically mauls this Brachiosaurus. And uh, Owen Thunderguns has to be at its side as it's dying. And it's so sad. Like, I teared up. And then in the second one, it freaking gets lit on fire by <laughs> lava and dies. Oh, that's so sad. And 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 they're just watching it, and it, you can hear it, it crying as it dies. Yeah. And I like like both both of those scenes just like really harsh, got to man. me. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. terrible. I, I was really I, I was really like broken up. Tears. Came I can appreciate that in the first movie that they used um, animatronic uh, brontosaurus for that scene. You know, I, the first movie still looks better to me. It does. It does. It's, I don't know why, man. Even the animatronics. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I, I agree with you. It was funny because I don't know if you guys watched that YouTube video. That I, I did not have you. a chance to watch that. I forced Jude to watch it last night. And, um, I was drunk. It, 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 it goes into um, like the differences between how Spielberg shot the first one and how like all the other movies were shot. Oh, oh the, this. Yeah. Okay. Like the aspect ratio, yeah. the lighting, the framing and all this stuff. And you can see like just from like Spielberg's genius versus like these other directors <laughs> who've done this stuff. Um, and that, that's one of the big reasons why it, it looks as good as it does. And it, you know, that's just how it is. Yeah. Spielberg versus other, other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Colin Trevorrow. No, like, I feel like, like the aspect <clears throat> ratio is different. It's, mm-hmm. it's a wider, it's a taller aspect ratio that the first one was shot in than the typical so widescreen. Yeah. It's easier to dwarf the humans when they're yeah. up against the dinosaur and these modern movies, they don't, quite make that same shot work. And uh, they also talked about like um, the majesty versus the horror mm-hmm. where like when you want people to be in awe, like you pull out and you show like you know, long shots mm-hmm. and you show like how big and majestic something is. And then when you want people to be scared, you, you make it claustrophobic and you get really close in on the action and stuff like that. And they also talked about how Spielberg like framed the dinosaurs within a frame so like you have the camera frame, which is showing you the picture, but then you have something in the environment, like a, a door with like a window in it that you see the dinosaur through. And that tends to, um, you know, make it more claustrophobic when, when, oh, you're, when, yeah, you're, yeah. when you're looking at stuff through other stuff. Like they talked about how like it's very rarely like when, when, it be, when Jurassic Park becomes a horror movie, basically. It's very rare that you actually uh, have the camera looking directly at the dinosaurs. You're usually looking through glass or you're looking through like a door frame or like some type of thing that um, it's almost like you're seeing stuff from the character's point of view. And it's very sophisticated, like, you know, uh, cinematography that, you know, kind of went into the first Jurassic Park that made it, you know, feel that way. And I feel like, you know, even though I think Jay ben- Bayonetta and Colin Trevorrow are pretty decent directors in terms of the, like their visual style, they just can't hold a candle to Spielberg in terms of like the sophistication. I can agree with that. I mean, these, these movies definitely are lacking in that specific type of, of a visual cue for these movies. And, uh, I, 
I don't know if I can hold it against them or if it's just not what they're going for anymore. Because I was thinking about that when I was watching the uh, Jurassic World again for this podcast. I mean, I watch it on the regular, but I was like, I really tried to sat, sit down and focus on what was going on. And a lot of the things that I noticed is like, it's definitely not like a horror. Like there's not really any scary moments per se. Nothing that's even close to the first movie. Like when the kids, the kids are legitimately terrified when the T-Rex comes out of that paddock and attacks the truck. Like they're freaking out. As opposed to when uh, Gray and his brother Zach, I think, when they the one get that a- cried all the time, yeah, the one that cried all the time, when they get attacked by the Indominus and the little hamster ball thing, like they're afraid, but they're not petrified like the yeah. kids were in the first movie. There's never that moment where you're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. I would have had like a big old pee stain in my pants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that. I don't know what it is if there was something lacking or if that's just well, not what they were going for. Also, I think the perspective of the kids in the original had come from a world where there were no dinosaurs, and this was their first interaction mm-hmm. with seeing and and being close up on a dinosaur. And the kids in this movie. Grew up, grew up in a world that there were dinosaurs. Yeah. So it was just like a, okay, oh shit, what are we going to do? Versus this has never happened to anyone before. What are we going to do? <laughs> That's a fantastic point. I, I, I don't do. know. I think if there's a dinosaur trying to eat me, I'd be pretty petrified whether <laughs> I'd ever seen one before or not. It would be like if but, a lion came at you. Like You'd be scared, but you'd be like, well, shit, that's a lion. Like I don't know. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'd be terrified. But you'd... I don't know. There's something. I'd be. Something oh shit! About. There's a lion trying to eat me right now. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I like the good. point though. That's a good point though, yeah. dude. It's a solid thumbs up on that one. Thanks. Dinosaurs. <laughs> Dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll, I'll say this: um, this movie held up much better uh, than I thought it would. Jurassic World. Um, I think because the second movie. Um, kind of colored my view of the series. Um, I, I kind of poo poo on Jurassic world a little bit more than it deserves. Um, but, uh, you it, don't say it was, it, it, you know, it felt like one of those just cheesy eighties fun movies, you know, like from the eighties, uh, where you can just, yeah, it's got its flaws, but overall it's a fun experience. It's a fun adventure type of movie. I wanted to, um, bring up one thing. Uh, before we move on, actually two things. One, my favorite scene in the whole movie is when Bryce Dallas Howard is holding the the flare in front of the T-Rex yeah. paddock and you see the T-Rex. That's just like such a majestic shot. It was amazing. It's probably my favorite shot. Besides the first movie in the entire franchise, that one's like right up there with number one or number two. Yeah. And, and her terror at having to interact with these animals that she was very... Um, she has a great arc. Yeah, she was movie. very hands-off with and very like arm's length with... Um, crediting them as being like animals versus just like a part of her job. Like towards the end of the movie where she's just like, just fully embracing that these, this is, these are animals attacking and her terror. I just, I really believed everything that she was giving me in, in those moments of her acting. I like that scene where she's, you know, driving the kids and the Raptors are chasing her or like they're watching, uh, Owen thunder guns, right. As my motorcycle with the Raptors. And, uh, they're just like, your boyfriend's a badass. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. She got the little smirk on her face. Yeah, yeah that's good stuff. Um, uh, talking about the Raptors, great segue, by the way. Uh, talking about the Raptors, I wanted to bring up something that is kind of a, a little bit of a fight between the fandom is whether or not the Raptors should have been made into heroes versus left as these like very dangerous villain type characters in the other movies. Because I, I can see both reasons why, like if like you're 
it's kind of a trope sometimes of like if you're a villain in a franchise long enough, eventually you become the hero. And that's kind of like flipping the script and making things new and fresh. And you see that happen in a lot of like superhero movies and stuff. In what franchises do villains become heroes? Westworld. <sighs> You're putting me on the spot. Westworld. Well, that, that's a TV show. That's not a franchise. I'm, I'm asking about movie franchises. Like Terminator. Yeah. Terminator would be one. Alien versus, pre- you know, the Predator. Predators become the heroes later on. Like those types of things. Uh-huh. So, um, I mean, I, there's other examples that I can think of. I can't think of right now, but. Maybe enjoyed is the wrong word, but I appreciated that they didn't try to make um, the Raptors be one or the other. I felt like it was best left ambiguous because the Raptors aren't heroes and they're not enemies. They're wild animals. So I appreciated that Blue um, imprinted with Owen and had a history with him and that's why his involvement was what it was. But other than that, he's still a dinosaur. He's still a, a beast. So I appreciated that it was left as that and not like all of a sudden the Raptors are the good guys. I would not have believed that at all, and it would have pissed me off. Hmm. This is a very Spielberg thing to do as well uh, in the sense that um, – so it was Spielberg's idea to have a character who trained dinosaurs. Like he had three big ideas for Jurassic World. It was uh, we get to see the, the park in operation. Uh, we get a character who trains dinosaurs and uh, – I think uh, we have a, a dinosaur who gets loose and, and terrorizes the park. Like those were his big three things that he wanted to have in the script. And so throughout most of the drafts of Jurassic World, those were like the three elements that were always present. And, uh, you know, Spielberg is a big kind of like a boy and his dog type thing. Um, like he likes exploring these relationships between uh, characters and animals or aliens or like what have you. And so um, it seems to me like the whole um, raptors becoming allies to humans type thing was really um, pushed by Spielberg. Do you agree with that? Do you think it was a good choice or do you think they should have been left as more of like episodes or episode of uh, like Jurassic Park in the Lost World where they were like I think it's an antagonist. Inter- <clears throat> I think it's an interesting choice because, uh, you know, we've had three movies where all the dinosaurs are basically the antagonists. And so t- in going in you know, with a a new direction for the franchise, it kind of makes sense because like, isn't the whole theme for Jurassic world kind of like, okay, now we get to see humans and dinosaurs exist together as opposed to, you know, what we saw in the first three movies. If there was going to be any dinosaurs that were trained, it's going to be the Raptors too. Oh yeah. There's the smartest ones. they, They always implied that they were the smartest ones and, they communicated and had some yeah. cognitive abilities, and yeah, it was it was good. I feel like it was a natural progression. I agree. I, I th- I'm fine with it. I know some people get irritated because they miss that like that terror. And these and, and Blue and his crew weren't also weren't the same Raptors that were out there killing people in the tall grass fields. These no. were these were raised from hatchlings mm-hmm. to imprint yeah. on on uh, what's his name? What's his name? Owen. 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 Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it makes sense to me. 
I liked it. I mean, I enjoyed yeah. it. I, I can see the point that like they missed that like old school version of the Raptors where like we're supposed to be terrified of these things. So they can open doors. They're smart. They tra- set traps, this and that. Like I like that version of Raptors too. And I hope we get to see that again some in the next movies or maybe in some TV shows or something. But well, it was also nice to see like at the end when you have that scene that kind of mirrored the first scene or the last scene in Jurassic Park where um, you know, Alan Grant and Ellie had like the two kids and they're, they're surrounded by the Raptors and then like the, the uh, T-Rex kind of shows up and saves mm-hmm. them. Uh, you have a similar scene here, but it, there's a neat, nice twist on it where like, you know, Owen and, and Claire have the kids and the Raptors show up and they surround them. And then the Indominus Rex is kind of coming their way and the Raptors recognize Owen and they decide, you know what, we're going to attack mama raptor instead <laughs> yeah. because we like owen yeah and it, it was kind of and you know two of them die because of that choice mm-hmm. but it, it was interesting to you know see the animals do that because it it almost kind of paid off what was set up imagine that set up and pay off <laughs> uh, at in the very first scene where we introduce owen where you know he's, he's not only controlling them but it, it also kind of demonstrates how dangerous they are and one of the things about Owen's character that makes him kind of like the hero is that he respects the dinosaurs. He respects how powerful and dangerous they are. And, um, that pays off at the end. Yeah. And I, I did love that part where, um, you know, Owen's kind of followed the Raptors to the Indominus Rex and all the mercenaries are there with him. And he realizes like, Oh my God, they used Raptor DNA to make this thing. And, uh, you know, and then like the, you know, it's kind of like the Indominus Rex um, puts a spell on the yeah. on the Raptors and turns them to his side. And it, it, that was like a cool reveal moment, you know, because oh. they, they never kind of told you, you know, when he, when he asked Claire at the beginning, it's like, uh, you know, would they make this, this creature out oh, of? It's and, confidential. And she, yeah, she's, yeah. she's like, it's classified. And he's like, oh, so you don't know. Yeah. And she, she obviously didn't. Um, and then like you get that reveal. It's like, oh, they made it out of Raptor DNA. And it's like... Oh, that would have been nice to know before you <laughs> went to, you know, uh, kill the thing. I, since we're talking about the Raptors, I kind of want to go back to your point about like your sticking point with this, about the militarization of animals and, and dinosaurs. And I, I, I think that it like, it can be kind of a corny idea and it might not like make logical sense in the real world, but in context of the world that they're living in, um, one of the lines that, um, Vincent D'Onofrio's character, I can't remember his name. Um, he says like, as soon as a real world, real war breaks out, all this electronic stuff is going to go dark. Like they're just going to EMP us and we're not going to have anything. So like if we have something as a backup, as something that nobody else has, this one element that could be a game changer for us, it's going to be using these trained Raptors in a combat situation. I feel like that's enough of a justification for the story to kind of be believable, but you don't agree with that? I don't agree with that at all. No. Why not? Can you explore that, that idea? Well, the thing about using animals in warfare is, first of all, animals require a lot of care and attention. So, like, you need to feed them, they need to sleep, you need to transport them. Um, And when you're using animals as dangerous as dinosaurs, like, they could just as easily wipe out the good guys as they can the bad guys just by being taken care of. So they're incredibly inefficient in terms of, like, you know, battle stuff. Um, if, if, If you're using animals for warfare, you'd want you know, trained and domesticated animals that aren't going to be of a threat to you. Like for instance, in, in history, we've had, you know, trained elephants, but 
tanks re- replace those things eventually. We've had horses, but you know, motor vehicles and motorcycles and stuff like that replace them. Um, but horses, like if you look at you know uh, battles that involve horses, like the horses had to be trained from birth. They had to be like a specialized breed to you know carry all the armor and like you know do the charging and stuff like that. With uh, in terms of like dinosaurs, um, unless they had like computer chips in their brains that allowed you to like control them like a freaking video game, uh, they're just so unpredictable that they would they would actually present just as much of a danger to your own troops as they would to the enemy troops. And so like if they were going to go that route, I would say that it would make more sense to have like the pterodactyls or like the flying things trained because that way they could like swoop in and drop bombs or like kamikaze something or something, you know, um, the Raptor stuff is just, um, to me just is, is a silly idea and expensive. Yeah. Owen Grady or Owen, uh, Owen Thunderguns under Owen Thunderguns said the same thing in the movie. He, he's, I think well, he he's, was right. He's probably on your side. <laughs> he's like, was, this is not, this is not going to end well for you. <laughs> and that's actually eventually what we see, right? The Raptors go under the spell of the Indominus and then they turn on the, the mercenaries and they go back and eat everybody. So the that's spell? exactly what happened. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, that's what we're saying. It. They just like, came, yo, yo, man, how's it going? He's like, hey, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm part raptor. <laughs> yeah. And they were oh, like, okay. oh, oh, you okay, know that cool. handshake? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, hell yeah, I know that handshake. They know that universal dinosaur <laughs> language. They put the little flute, the raptor flute. Yeah. In uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I overall, I, I think it was a solid reboot. Also, those dinosaurs are, you know, very vulnerable to bullets and oh, you throw some armor on it. Throw a little. Yeah, how, how do you get close enough to do that? What do you mean? Okay, so you're talking about like domesticating these animals, whether it's like dogs or horses or elephants. Like elephants are very dangerous in the wild, but you domesticate them and you train them. It's just I don't I don't feel like it's any different than they could have they could have put armor on the raptors when they were in their little just a little vest and in their little things when when uh, D'Onofrio was talking to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like man. they were in their little cattle shoots with I their head of, harnesses. And I all of a sudden now really want to see a concept art of an armored raptor. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> if they're anything like my dogs, they would just wiggle out of the armor. Oh, I can. First chance they get. <laughs> they're not like your dogs. We, we can ride raptors in World of Warcraft. Can you? Oh, yeah. They're arc thing. That they're, arc troll, they're troll mounts. Troll mounts. Not lying. Nerd. Nerd. Yeah. All right, before we get into the next topic, which will be Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, I wanted to remind everybody that you guys can support this podcast. Go to saltynerdclub.com and check out our Patreon. We have exclusive content there for you guys. We have uh, exclusive podcasts. We've got stickers we can send you. We can all kinds of cool stuff. But if you'd like to support the podcast and send us some cheddar, go to saltynerdclub.com. That is our Patreon page, and we'd appreciate anything that you would be willing to give us. And that being said... Let's discuss Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which is Do we have to? apparently like your least favorite movie ever. <laughs> Not ever. Like, I want to, okay, I'm going to have a, well, me and you will go last because I'm going to have a back and forth with you for a while. But Vader, what did you think about this movie? Eh. Eh. That's it? Yeah. I want to know how the lake went from the middle of the island <laughs> to having ocean access. What lake? The lake that the big giant monster was in. Yeah, so in the in Jurassic World when they show like the mosasaur or whatever yeah, that, that that huge fish shark thing was. Yeah, it's in like the it's in the middle of the island yeah. and it doesn't have access to the ocean. How, however, in But now all of a sudden there's movie, a gate that enters yeah. directly to the ocean. So, somehow that lake has teleported to the edge of the island. It's like they're on a different island. I'm going to have to look into that a little deeper. Oh, it's 
right there, it's brother. Right there. <laughs> well, they're they're very easily <coughs> they're very easily could have been a, a like the the establishing shot of the new park from the first movie. If I mean, we can see they, where that ended up, didn't they show a map? They they did show, a and map. then yeah. and the lake is in the center <laughs> right of the dead park, center right dead of the center. <laughs> no Damn. access to the ocean, and it's it's facing the visitor center, like that that big pyramid place. Yeah. And that, that's where, like, the climax of Jurassic World happened, where the Mosasaur jumps out and eats the Indominus Rex and pulls it into the, the lake. Yeah. Yes. But in uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, that has teleported to the ocean. I think, I think my biggest issue with this movie is it, it, seemed, it seemed like it was two different movies. It was, yeah. yeah. It was like, we're going to do this stuff on the island, and that's all cool. And we got, now we don't have just dinosaurs. But we got volcanic eruptions and and lava and the world's slowest pyroclastic flows. And <laughs> you know that Chris Pratt can outrun, even though it's eight hundred thousand degrees of, you know, skin melting heat. And um yeah, man, it was weird. So then we go from the <laughs> island stuff to the Fortress of Solitude where the Legion of Doom's in there. <laughs> you know, auctioning off dinosaurs and they all escape, right? And, 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 and procreate and inhabit the entire world. They're so it's like, it's like, like me. I don't know. It just, I kind of have a few issues with this movie, Okay, but it I was have, still fun. I have a I lot it. of notes on following. Do you? Okay. I have a, I, I, when I first, um, you're right, guy. I just, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he pulled up the map. And he, I pulled up the map. It's like smack in the middle of yeah, the freaking island. It is. I don't know. I, I, I want to say though, I love that freaking opening. The oh, opening yeah. for this movie is fantastic. Well, great. Let, me, let me ask you this question about the opening. Cause I was confused. So the guys in the submarine who opened the movie when they're, they're basically diving down to get a bone sample from the Indominus Rex for, um, the evil scientist guys. Uh, they one of the guys is nervous, and the other guy says, "Relax, everything here is dead." Well, it's only been like what, like three years, three since, years. since the events of like. Do they really think all the dinosaurs on that island died over the course of three years? Yeah, I don't understand. I I said the same thing. I don't understand why anyone thought that everything there was dead. I think he was specifically talking about the water area that they were going into because there was only one dinosaur. Yeah, but who was feeding that thing in the last three years? It could, I mean, ocean animals don't but always have it, to. It, it, wasn't, a, it didn't have access pond. to the ocean until like. No, I'm saying like it could have just It would been be like, like if Free Willy got stuck in the pond at, uh, at SeaWorld yeah, and nobody service. fed him for three years. Yeah, he'd you, die. You have to remember that opening scene is the first time that the Mosasaurus was able to escape that area. So yeah. what was he eating in that time? Maybe uh, he didn't have to eat anything. But... To be fair, we're just sitting here nitpicking a movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, if it's just establishing the opening the movie, like, okay, there's a couple of inconsistencies here. I can I can see that. But I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what the digestive tract of a Mosasaurus was. <laughs> maybe it could hibernate for a while like a bear and just not eat and kind of float around motionless for a while. And then it was Either like, that or he just slowly picked at that Indominus Rex over the course of a couple that's years. That's another yeah. thing too. Yeah, you could do that. Or you could eat whatever lands in the water. I mean, you have to assume that other dinosaurs were going to come and drink out of that water or maybe not, maybe that's salt water. So that's not going to happen. Um, you know, it's, if it's close to the shore, it jumps out, grabs something and eats it. There's, there's things you that's can speculate. There's things you can speculate. Okay. 
Let me ask you this, though, because this was a big issue I had, which is basically the whole premise of this film. And if you can't explain this, then this is a big problem to me. <laughs> okay, I'll give it a shot. All right, so the whole kind of thrust, the catalyst of this movie's story is that there's a volcano on Isla Nublar that's going to erupt. It's going to kill all the dinosaurs. It's going to make them go extinct, right? So basically the heroes are assembled to go and save the dinosaurs to keep them from being re-extinct, right? Yep. All right. Well, what about Isla Sorna? Aren't there still dinosaurs there? So technically the dinosaurs wouldn't go extinct. So they don't have to save these dinosaurs because there's a whole other island full of dinosaurs that isn't isn't going to have a volcanic eruption. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I can I cannot argue with you as far as the movie is concerned because I do not believe it's addressed in the movies. But I'm pretty sure as far as the greater fandom and other explanations is that they moved all of the dinosaurs from Sorna onto Nublar when they started repopulating the original island and making it back into a park. Okay, I, I will accept that answer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but in addition to that, so like let's say, you know, this island goes volcanic. They have all the embryos and genetic stuff they need to make new dinosaurs. So why not just start over again someplace that doesn't have a volcano? Because once again, the company that is responsible and the only company that has the technology is that is required to make dinosaurs after the park gets rampaged by the Indominus, goes completely bankrupt. So it takes an immense amount of funding to do that. I think that's what their idea is. Like if the technology is owned by this one company and this one company goes under, then it's going to be But the thing is, like if they have the ability to make more dinosaurs, then technically they wouldn't be extinct, right? Because you could just make more at a certain point. You could. And you could sell that technology, the patents on that technology to... I think it's also... Recoup the investment. I think it's also a public opinion versus what's happening like under the table with these corporations like, Oh, we have the technology so we can technically make more, but the public opinion is like, Hey, these dinosaurs exist and this line is going to go bad. And that's what the whole, the media, the media attention is on the dinosaurs. And I also don't get Claire's activism because like she almost got killed. Her nephews almost got killed by dinosaurs. She never really looked at dinosaurs as anything other than like a prop at her job. Even, even though she learned to like respect them at the end of the first Jurassic World, I would think that she would be like, yeah, let them die because they're incredibly <laughs> dangerous. Yeah, she's not raising baby pterodactyls at home yeah. on her ranch. No, but them. It's, I think it's part of her, her, her arc, right? She starts out as this cold calculating. These are just numbers on a spreadsheet to the point where she starts to respect them. And then and now she has an appreciation for them a couple years later. I think you're right that it is part of her arc. I don't think that... It's believable. Yeah. Well, same thing happened with John Hammond, right? He was this cold calculating, I just want to make money. Well, maybe not in the first movie, but in the book, he's, I want to make money, I want well, to do we're this. talking about the movies. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then the movies, uh, Ian says, like, you went from capitalist to naturalist in just four years. Wow, that's amazing. Like, the same, th- it's the same arc that John Hammond had. See, I, I think it would have been more interesting had um, Owen, Chris Pratt's character, come to Claire and tried to convince her to come back to the island to save it because it would have made more sense if she was just like, I'm done with dinosaurs. I don't want to deal with dinosaurs mm-hmm. anymore. And uh, ba- another big problem I had with this was basically they just reset their relationship. It, like their their whole kind of relationship in Jurassic World was they they had an attraction. They went on a date. It didn't work out. So now they have like this kind of 
Yeah, awkward. You know, These two awkward characters are, are not compatible. No, they're not. <laughs> but but the thing is, is, is like they basically just reset their relationship and it was the exact same relationship arc in the second movie that it was in the first. It, it's like they couldn't think of something somewhere new to take it. And I would have liked to have seen that relationship evolve as opposed to just being reset. I think that that constant like love hate bickering back and forth like it makes for an interesting movie to watch these characters are fun when they interact with each other because they can be snarky and stuff but as like on a, a relationship level like no claire is not going to be living in a van on the side of the road while he builds his cabin like that's not her her thing like it, it made sense to me why she wouldn't want to be with him anymore and they weren't like established as like this long-time relationship they had a fling and in this movie but that it, fling gets kind of reignited the same relationship arc as the first movie it is it's the exact same. It, it's like they couldn't have been bothered to think of, you know, something new for the characters to experience together. And they're just going to re up. You know, the big thing about these, now they two, have a kid. these two movies is that <laughs> spoilers, <Right>. dude. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. The, the first, the first Jurassic world Spielberg was very heavily involved in its development. And I think you can see that and you can get that from the movie because it is entertaining mm-hmm. for this movie, lost world or fallen, fallen kingdom. kingdom. Yeah. Fallen, fallen kingdom. kingdom. Okay. Um, after the success of the first one, Spielberg basically just handed the reins over to Trevorrow. And he, he was like, you know, like, I'll produce it, but I'm not going to be too involved. I've got other stuff going on. Here, make it good. So this was Trevorrow's baby. Like, he was the one who came up with the idea for the story and the script and all this stuff. He brought on J.A. Bayonetta. Bayona. Bayona. And, uh, you, you know, like, the, the, this was really Trevorrow's ship to steer. And I think it kind of showcases his kind of shortcomings as a writer, very blatantly <laughs> um, and and as a storyteller. Like, he's a decent enough director. I just don't think he's a very good storyteller. And uh, I feel like this movie is a prime example of that. Okay, like, like kind of like I mentioned before, um, the studio, and I'm sure Steven Spielberg helped out in this, wanted to kind of reestablish this world. The first movie was spent reestablishing dinosaurs on Earth on this park. The second movie is basically doing what the lost world didn't have the balls to do is get the animals off the island. That was the whole idea behind this movie. That's the only reason why this movie exists. Because honestly, I think uh, Colin Trevorrow probably had the idea for this movie. Like, okay, we have to have, they have to go back to the island. We have to have them go there. We have to have them take the the dinosaurs off the island so that we can set up for the third movie, which the third movie is the one that I think he probably worked he he has been working on for the longest time. I'm, st- I'm still kind of confused in how these this small little group of animals is supposed to populate the entire planet with dinosaurs. Well, it's not. I mean, there it's going to start. That's like the first wave. But well, they, all they, these they, they all these showed, other they also showed that the the people at the auction who yeah. paid for their dinosaurs got them, and at the end they were transporting them. So the it's idea is that the world. is that a lot of these were probably created via genetic, uh, okay, like, like engineering. Um, but I know that in interviews, Colin Trevorrow said that he wanted to get off the island because, you know, we've had four movies on an island so far and people are going to get bored with that. So he wanted to take it in a new direction. And basically Fallen Kingdom is like two different movies crammed into one there. You have like the beginning, which is the first hour of them on the island. And I actually thought that was the best part of this movie. Yeah, I did too. I enjoyed it. And then the second part, he wanted to tell a, a haunted house story. Like he literally said like the, the second half of this movie is about a haunted house. Yeah. J.A. Bayona said that. Yeah. He wanted to do like the, the dragon in the castle, yeah, princess ba- in the castle thing. Ba- basically they made it into like, like 
you know, all the Jurassic Parks are a horror movie in, on some level. And so they just wanted to go from, you know, the extinction level event to the horror movie in here and mashed them up together. And I didn't feel it worked at all. Really? No. No. Oh, I thought it was fine. It's, it's like two completely different shows. Yeah. And I don't think they mixed super well together. Oh, I disagree. I think it was fine. I mean, it was, a, I, I love the part on the island. I think showcasing the, the volcanic eruption and all that stuff was really cool. I know it's a little, it's a stretch to think that he was going to outrun that, but still. Uh, I also thought it was funny that Claire went there to save the dinosaurs and the first dinosaur she runs into, she leaves to die. Uh, I mean, obviously it was trying to kill her at the time, but still it's, it's like, oh, okay, we're just going to lock you in with all the lava. <laughs> See Mr. Ya. Mr. Spinal. Baryonyx. Sword. It's the Baryonyx. Um, I, oh, I was going to say, okay, so you mentioned something about Claire and Owen. Like you thought it would have been more interesting to have Owen try to convince Claire to go. Um, and I wanted to just address that real quick. I think, I don't think that would have made any sense because if that was the case, why would Owen need Claire to go back there in the first place? Because she has the only bio imprint to turn on the tracking. Oh, they said that in the movie. They'd, yeah, that's right, didn't they? That's why they brought her in the first place because she had all the keys to get in. Yeah. And she brought her. Like it, it would have been interesting to see like instead of approaching Claire at <laughs> first, sense. they approach Owen and, and be like, we need you to help us save Blue. And because of his connection to Blue, he reluctantly agrees. But they're like, but we need Claire. And Claire's just like, I don't want to ever go back to Dinosaur Island. <laughs> you know. But uh, an- another issue were like the two supporting characters for me. Um, the, the, oh, the Franklin the, and. The uh, diversity hires. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> that's the diversity hires, yeah. <laughs> Um, so like Franklin is, is Arby. true. Yeah. Franklin, <laughs> if there was ever a representation of what Arby from the book would be, it's Franklin, like a hundred percent. I had a real problem with, uh, the girl though, the girl character. Why? Like, okay. So what's her title? She's like a paleo veterinarian, paleo veterinarian. Yep. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I've never worked on a dinosaur before. <laughs> yeah. Even though she, she's gone and gotten a degree in, in uh-huh. paleo veterinarian. Never thought she'd see one. Yeah. She never thought she'd see one. And, you would think that this character, because she's dedicated her life to studying dinosaurs, would have gone to Jurassic World or Jurassic Park at some point in her life just to see dinosaurs because she's so, you know, obsessed with them. Or like as part of her training. Yeah, or as part of her training. Or where was know, she? Where was she planning to get a job? It kind of, kind of probably feel, at Jurassic World before it went under. It, it, it kind of <laughs> feels like she was just the perfect example of most people that go to liberal arts colleges. These days. Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly what I was going to say. How many people I'm going to go know? spend hundreds of veterinary school is a liberal arts school. Well, it is now. I mean, it's such a special, I'm going to go get a degree in ancient Ethiopian literature for no freaking reason at all whatsoever. It, it's such a specialized <laughs> profession that you would think that Ingen would, would be the one fostering it. But, it's quite possible but, that that happened. But and then the, 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 company the, the, whole, the whole idea that she was like, I never thought I'd get to see a dinosaur. It's like Jurassic Park's been open for how many number of years by the time Jurassic World starts? She's a World college starts? student. She can't afford to go to Costa Rica to go to Jurassic World. Uh, excuse me. Uh, it's a tourist. I mean, like, can you say, like, I can't afford to go to Disney World? I can't. Maybe. <laughs> how freaking expensive in, that in, place in is. Your, in your life, if, yeah, that, but if that's your passion. If you are in school for a profession specializing in this, it would absolutely be a part of your training you think, that you all go there. You would think Engine would have some kind of intern school. Yeah. Or, 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 or at the very least, she stops. Uh, she doesn't pay for um, tuition one year just so she can <laughs> go to Jurassic Park and actually see 
these yeah. dinosaurs that she's obsessed with? I don't know. I, I mean, I know plenty of people that went to college and don't use their degree for jack squat. So Pretty it, much everybody. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't break my my lore for this movie to no. consider that. Like, hey, she went to college. Maybe she she went to college when Jurassic I'm, I'm World just saying was like. It, it was an odd choice for the writers for her, in terms of her character to make her so obsessed with dinosaurs and have this very specialized, you know. And, um, and to also profession. not know enough about dinosaurs. Like she was doing a lot of bl- like blood type guessing. <laughs> like you're a vet specifically for dinosaurs. And you were like, um, I think this might work. Why don't we try it? I don't you think should well, know. You are was, a yeah, vet. Like, like if she was just a regular vet and, and she was guessing <laughs> yeah. when, when trying to help yeah. these dinosaurs, that would have made sense. That would have made sense. But, She's a specific dinosaur veterinarian. She's like, oh, let's give it a whirl. <laughs> She's not an expert. She's just She's a, college a veterinarian. Student. She's a college student for dinosaurs, and she was like, student. "It might work." Yeah, but that made more sense for the was it a blood transfusion? Yeah, yeah. in the on the boat. Yeah, you know, so it was like we can't have a regular, you know, like horse doctor. Well, but, maybe we need to do a blood transfusion for these reptiles because I'm a horse doctor, and, but I don't know anything other. I don't know how to do dinosaurs. She was like anything. With, it wouldn't have been any more ridiculous. <laughs> she was like any dinosaur with two legs, and the only other dinosaur with two legs is no, the freaking T-Rex. No, no, no. It, no, it, no. Was it three had fingers. To, it had to be a. a I thought it had to be carnivorous. Yeah, yeah carnivorous had, had, dinosaur yeah. with a bipedal uh, carnivorous with three, dinosaur with three fingers. Maybe two. Maybe two. <laughs> It's definitely an odd choice. I can't argue with that, but I just, to me, I just rationalized and, and, it in my and head. Instead of that, that tech guy, I really wanted them to bring back Nick. Oh, like, I, think, awesome. I think Nick would have been perfect he for that, perfect that for role. This. Yeah. yeah. I, I, loved, I loved his character in the first movie. I can agree with that. Yeah. Instead of Frank. I didn't know he was Nick. coming back. He's coming back. From That's but, but you know, what's funny. It's just like how blatantly they ripped off uh, lost world for this movie. Yeah. It, well, it's like almost beat for, to do. it's almost beat for beat mm-hmm. the exact same movie. Like uh Buffalo Bill, I forget his name. Yeah, the, uh, the Great White Great White Hunter Wheatley yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, I thought that was the same actor. Yeah, no, he, it's a different it, guy. Well, it was the exact but, same character, yeah. Yeah. you know, from from Lost World. And also the the smarmy um, you know, henchman for uh uh Injun, the, the guy who's not John Hammond's uh, assistant. Um He's, oh, oh, for the uncle, for the yeah, uncle character. Yeah, he, yeah, he's the exact same character yeah, as the, the nephew same, from yeah. from Jurassic. This is World. the same movie. It just they had to do it, yeah, so that they could set up the next movie. <laughs> we haven't even and, talked about the clone chick yet. Yeah, yeah, that was a weird. I don't and, know and, why. Yeah. They to do that. Can it's, I can I tell you my notes as yeah, I was ahead. as I was reading as I was watching this? I made notes. Okay, and I'd like for you to go go through. What I went through. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's freaking aliens, man. (laughs) Fallen Kingdom. Oh, boy. Part one. This is Lost World. Yep. Correct. The paleo vet is doing a lot of guessing of blood types for a paleo vet. (laughs) And she never thought she'd see one. I hate when sequels introduce a new character as if they've always been around. (laughs) Who's that? Not John Hammond. Old man. Uh, oh, that's Lockwood. Okay, that's yeah. a deep, deep cut from the books. <laughs> Why are they weirdly not letting this girl see what her mother looked like? Because she's a clone. She is her mother. She is her mother. I just want you to listen. Oh. <laughs> I don't want you to fix me. She, she, she's Speed writing. Speed it up then. Speed it up. <laughs> she, she was writing these as she was watching. As I was watching. I was I'm writing. answering okay. them as right. I'm hearing them. Yeah. <laughs> How was bro planning on getting away with this? Was he always planning to murder old man? And did no, was no one alerted to old man's vitals? <laughs> And the money manager is the child's guardian? And then my final note is, the army guy walking in yelling for his bonus reminded me of the kid from Better Off Dead yelling for his $2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Those are my notes. I want my two dollars. I want my two dollars. How, how did Lockwood find out about the? Because when his granddaughter kind of came in to tell him uh, about all the shady shit. Yeah, and he was like, ego. "Surely you must be mistaken." Well, and then, well, like well, next no, scene, no, he's she like, did, she "How dare you?" She didn't even tell him. She she was just he was just like, "Go go to bed." Uh-huh. And so, like, she left without telling him anything. And um, then the next scene that he's in, where he's confronting the guy, he suddenly knows everything about what's been happening. I almost think it would have been more interesting if Lockwood was the ultimate villain, like this was his brainchild uh, to capture these dinosaurs and sell them on the black market. I think that would have been a more interesting twist than what we got. I could have accepted that. That would have been cool. Yeah, and that poor old man, I I feel like he thought he had more power than he did because he did everything just one-on-one with this guy. And he was like, you're going to call the police. And he was like, I'm just going to fucking kill you. (laughs) Yeah, why why, why was he like, you call the police on yourself? Yeah. That's the dumbest Lame. (laughs) That's the dumbest strategy. Oh, okay, I'll go ahead and call the police on myself. It's a senile old man, what can I say? But Lockwood, Lockwood is a character that's been around since the first book. However, it was said in the first book that he died of cancer. So they kind of resurrected that character. I'm assuming the only reason they did that was because the actor who plays John Hammond isn't around anymore. So they couldn't have John Hammond be the character. But also like, you know, they basically wanted John Hammond. So like they made him look as much like John Hammond. <laughs> yeah. as well. They even gave and him they John gave Hammond's the, yeah, cane. The, the, yeah. cane. the same yeah. cane. They had matching canes because yeah. they were the ones, but it's all, I mean, twinsies. yeah, twinsies. It's it, like it a does, best, can, best friend cane. It does make sense as, as far as like a book reader goes. It's kind of like a deep cut from the lore of the books of like, yeah, this guy, this character Lockwood who was partners with John Hammond early, early on in the, in the creation of these genetic dinosaurs. Like it's all there. But you know what's crazy to me is like, so you have this big convoluted plot about selling dinosaurs. So that they could fund the new project of making another Indoraptor. Is that what the money was for? Uh, I don't know exactly what the money was for. I, I just know that like... It, it was, was just to, It was to take money. over the world. To take over. <laughs> the, the thing is... What like, are we going to do today, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing, what do you need all this money for? Money. Money. The, the uh, thing is, is like if you want money, so like they have... They succeeded in human cloning. Mm-hmm. The but nobody pro- knows about it. Though. The profit potential for human cloning, in terms of like cloning people's organs for like organ replacement, like the medical applications for that, um, you know, bringing back like people who've died, stuff, you know, Sids. like the profit potential for the human cloning stuff is way bigger than the dinosaur oh, stuff. So, like, why weren't they exploiting that? I'm pretty sure because the pushback on that would be huge. Like, oh, dinosaurs oh, already they exist. They don't seem to care about pushback, dude. <laughs> no, you can't they're, running, they're running a black market on, you know, can you imagine how many rich people out there would need, like, a heart transplant or liver transplant and would give their entire fortune to, like, have a cloned liver that, would, that they wouldn't reject? Yeah. It's all, it also... This is called the island. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure we can do that in the real world already anyway. They're just not... Let telling us, us. <laughs> I think it's already exists. I'm just saying that whole human cloning aspect kind of, you know, put, put, puts a whole. big plot hole <laughs> in the movie in terms of like their motivation for wanting these dinosaurs. I, like everything about this, this movie story is very contrived to me. And I think that's its biggest issue is that it is contrived and it feels like all these plot elements were put in there because the people making the movie, yeah, needed them there in order to tell the story so, the way that they wanted it to. So, end like, up. it's the Indoraptor, right? Yeah. So it's a train killer. Yeah. That they point a rifle barrel with okay. a trigger at somebody. Right? <laughs> I knew you guys were going to bring this up. <laughs> so 
why don't they just shoot the dude instead of having... So I prepared the, for this. Oh, did you? What? Yes. Please. It's, it's stated. Please. Do you have okay. your dossier? In this movie. Not like a book lore <laughs> fandom like headcanon. So it's in the movie. It's too hard to shoot somebody. It's in the movie <laughs> <laughs> that this is a very early like concept of what we can do. This is not the final product. It's not like, well, if I point this gun at this guy and aim the laser, it's going to kill him. <laughs> like That's like the first step. Like, okay, here's the concept. Can we somehow target somebody specific and have this animal attack that person? Yes, that's the answer. We can do that. Okay, cool. Now let's take this further. They shouldn't have done the laser with a gun for it the was, movie. They should have just had like a like a laser hand pointer with no <laughs> gun to make their point because now everybody's like, why don't you just shoot them? But, but, but also the weird part is is they were not supposed to auction off the Indoraptor. Yeah, right. That, that, that was like... They but were, money. They were, they were just kind of showing it off and then people started bidding on it and they're like, oh, okay, I guess yeah, we'll Yeah, the evil, the evil yeah. Russian guy. But, 20 million. Yeah, but... Greed. The, but uh, Dr. 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 Wu. Wu. Dr. Dr. Wu specifically comes out and he, he's like, this is a prototype. <laughs> yeah, stop it's it. It's dangerous. Nope. And he's just like, oh, I'm going to sell it anyway. Yeah, because he's an idiot. You can make more. Blinded by greed. <laughs> that's the whole... You know, that's the whole but, point but, of that guy's But character. also the whole motivation to get blue was so that they could imprint on, you know, a new version of this to make it yeah. even more safer. Dead, basically, like, they're trying to make safer. a safer version of the Indoraptor and yeah. they needed blue's genetic material because she was the only one that was able to interact with humans uh, on a on a like level basis. Well, then we had to have it escape. Of course. So we could, you know, do the of typical and, and, 20 and minutes of every... This is the best part of the movie. And, and, and every the whole, Jurassic Park movie. The, the whole thing about the, the guy going into the cage to get the tooth. Talk about oh contrived. My gosh. <laughs> Talk about contrived. Oh, my God. It, it's like, okay, we need to get the the Indoraptor to escape somehow. What's the dumbest way we could oh, possibly do that? Oh, my $2. <laughs> Oh, that's a cool looking dinosaur. I want that guy's yeah. tooth. And I was like, um, somebody just paid twenty eight millions for that dinosaur and you're just gonna roll up on it and start taking its teeth. <laughs> he doesn't know that. He wasn't that's in the room. That's not your dinosaur. He wasn't in the room. That's a thirty million dollar dinosaur. The Put the tooth back, you idiot. <laughs> I think thirty million is kind of a low price, right? Per, I don't know. Per dinosaur. I guess it's it would the depend. only one. It, well, do you remember what the number that they started with was we'll like make four million? More. Like four million dollars for this one dinosaur, and then like as the as the auction got up and and the prices started jacking up to like twenty million dollars a piece, fourteen million dollars a piece. It was pretty crazy. I've seen. I don't know. They had a painting go for like two hundred million dollars a couple weeks also, ago. Also, I, I have a, I have a real issue with how they were conducting that auction. Typically, you know. Uh, yeah. What was with that leaderboard? Well, typically you would keep the dinosaurs in a controlled environment and then like show video of them to talk about what you're doing, so like the the auctioneers would be safe. This whole thing about putting them in a cage and rolling them out into the middle of the room—it's like the catwalk. It, 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 it was—it was so bizarre. I don't know. I've, I think I, I don't think of I don't think a video of the dinosaur would be as impactful. I like, really wanted to see like a scene where like the dinosaur was in the room, but but the room was filled with like these 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 television monitors, oh, screens of people with these guys <laughs> in black shrouds that you can't see their faces are bidding on the dinosaurs. These, these, these evil yeah. people, you like know? eyes wide shut. On. I was yeah. just going to say that. Like the, the, from uh, what are the, what's the, the Legion of evil from uh, venture brothers, you know, they're all behind the, the screens with the black hoods and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Fire. I don't know. I didn't have an issue with that. I thought, I mean, greed is a, makes people do dumb things all the time. And I, I thought the, the auctioning of like the animals, like showing the animals up front and closer was, is just a ploy to get more money out of people to like the shock and awe kind of thing. So that didn't bother me. 
Uh, and, like, and rolling out the Indoraptor is was another just shock and awe. Like, look what else we have under the curtain. This is a secret preview. Yeah. Get exactly. in now. Yeah. <laughs> so like is, it's like this it's is like, order This is what now. you can get <laughs> for the next evil <laughs> legion of evil auction that we'll have. It's like Elon Musk rolling up his, his new cyber truck yeah. and he throws a piece of glass uh, throws a ball at it and breaks the window and he's like well, that didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. They roll out the Indoraptor like, look what we have. And then it escapes and eats everybody. Call 1-888-4-RAPTOR. <laughs> That's 1-888-4-RAPTOR can, to can, order yours now. Can you also explain the part to me where, okay, so Owen and Claire are in one of these trucks and they're in a convoy going from the ship to the mansion, you know, that's transporting yeah, like, yeah. like the dinosaurs there. And in the dark with full headlights on a character that we've never seen before, or if we have, he wasn't important enough to introduce somehow sees them driving by through the windshield and contacts great white hunter (laughs) that somehow they're still alive and they're part of this convoy specifically. So great white hunter can capture them. Like, can you explain to me who that guy was and how he was able to recognize them? I can't remember that specific scene unless he was part of the crew. There, there's little, Claire. There's literally a shot where like you, you was see, he you was see he this, one of the guys that was on the main transport that when they saw the brachiosaurus at the visitor. I don't visitor know center? because I didn't recognize him. Okay, he might have been one of those guys. I can't remember what his face looked like, but if he was probably it, on, and, and it's funny because they show a shot of him like reacting as like the car drives by. I'm like, it's night with <laughs> headlights flashing in your face. And they're driving by at like, you know, 20, 30 miles an hour. It's like, how do you see them? Maybe he had that raptor smell. <laughs> it, it, it's plot contrivances hey man, like when that, a hot, that just drive me crazy. When a hot redhead is on your transport and you're like, hey, look at her. Yeah. And then you, later you see her you're again. Like, you're oh, like, shit. oh, shit. She girl. wants this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I have to look at the guy because he, he might have been She's one so of thirsty. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I hear she can run in heels. Yeah. <laughs> I love, me, I love me a woman that can run in heels. Which she was in combat boots this entire movie. Just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, they, made it, they made it a point to show that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did. I think in the next movie, they should definitely make it a point to make sure everybody knows what kind of shoes Claire is wearing in the third movie. It's kind of a, kind of a funny little insight. <laughs> yeah, little I think inside we're going to definitely see like a dude running in heels. Well, well did, <laughs> did you ever see the, I think it was, it was either Conan or it was like Colbert or something like that where Chris Pratt put on high heels and, and tried to run just like, just like uh, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard did. And, you know, and he was like, he was like, this is hard, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> to be he's honest, not great guys, at choreography anyway. I don't see how any woman can even walk in those things. Yeah. And <laughs> I've seen, it. I've seen women that go to these clubs and stuff here in Vegas that got these like stilettos, stiletto six inch. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, how do they even put them on their Foot, much and less out there dancing in the dance floor. Why don't we ask Cocaine. our ambassador of estrogen yeah. how, how that works? How do you wear heels, Jude? Cocaine makes it <laughs> I, I know my. I know, I know my daughter. She always has a pair of flats in her purse, just in case, because the the heels never last yeah. the entire night. But I don't know. It depends. It depends on the shoe. If you're wearing a good shoe that's made well it doesn't bother your foot as much if you're wearing a cheap shoe then yeah they're they're awful on your feet and also if you've been wearing heels your entire life then your feet are kind of like mangled enough that they don't really get sore if you're if you're like 
the girl who wears tennis shoes all the time and then you slip on a pair of heels to go out one night, you're not going to last you the night. You look like a baby giraffe yeah. just kind of walking yeah. around. So, like her, her <laughs> heels didn't bother me because she was clearly that, that woman that wore heels all the time. Yeah. I used to work with a girl that she was more comfortable in heels than she was in anything else and she just wore them all the time for 10-hour days and that was just what she was comfortable in. So it didn't bother me that she was wearing heels. It didn't bother me that she was running in them. I felt like it would have been... Um, at least a, a good scene to acknowledge that she was wearing heels. So I felt like a, a romancing the stone scene <laughs> um, where they addressed that would have been um, nice for the fans, I think, so that it didn't bother as many people. But me specifically, didn't bother me. Didn't bother me either. Me neither. Do you so, have any other problems with this movie? Well, let's talk about the, the clone girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to, this might be a tough one for me because I don't understand why they went this direction, but go ahead. Yeah. I felt like it was weird. It was they were weird. just weird and creepy through the whole thing. Oh, trying to like, it was, it was also weird how, the that, how they revealed it where, yeah. where, where the guy is like, do you even know what she is? Yeah. And it's just like, okay, she's a yeah. clone. Who cares? She's a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and, 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 but like, at the very end where Claire makes the very brave decision to let the dinosaurs die because she knows the ramifications of letting them out. And then all of a sudden that little girl just hits the button. She's like, they're alive like me. <laughs> and they're like, okay. It's just like, do you know how many people you just, <laughs> you just killed? killed? Yeah. <laughs> Kids do dumb things, man. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> Don't turn your back on the giant red button and also the clone girl. <laughs> Yeah, that's a tough one. Like that whole decision-making process of like having a little girl be like, I have to because they're alive. Like there was just a cringy line to begin with, but yeah. just the idea of like. like she, uh, she's like, a mass murderer now. Yeah, she's responsible. That was a, a heavy responsibility that she just took on by doing that. Also, like, do you remember her nanny? Um, yes. That, Iris. That the guy dismissed and, and she was like, you can't dismiss me. Like I've raised this girl. She's basically my daughter. And she disappears from the movie. And then at the end, I guess Claire and Owen just adopt her. And, and they just take her. Yeah. And, and, and this woman, who's basically her mother, is just like, like, like she's the, dead. Like the girl's just like, oh, I guess I'm not, I guess I'm with you now. Yeah. <laughs> she dies. It's super weird. It's, she's dead. It's a, it's, they cut out, the, I don't know why they cut. I think it would have been fantastic to have this scene in the movie, but she gets eaten by the Indoraptor. It's a cut scene that they, or a, a scene that they filmed that they never ended up in the movie. Oh, but she's dead. Yeah. But, but again, if it wasn't in the movie, it's not. Yeah. Canon. Like, I can't argue with that. It is. It's weird. She just kind of disappears. Like it's, a, I mean, as far as the movie is concerned, Spe- it kind of makes it like, she just kind of like got in her car and drove gonna away. It's going to be in the, the Trevorrow cut. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Spe- speaking of things that got cut, one of the interesting things about this was, so like the, the paleo veterinarian girl mm-hmm. in the original cut, like, it was, like she was very vocal about, being a lesbian well, in the movie. Yes. They, they cut out scenes where she was like, you know, basically. Oh, they cut. Scenes. Yeah. Okay. I actually remember hearing something. A little yeah, bit I do too. Now. And the reason they cut it out was because you can't have gay characters play in Chinese cinema. The censors won't allow it. So they decided to neuter her like this aspect of her character. So like the movie could play in the Chinese box. Office. I think it's pretty obvious anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, it's never stated though. It's never stated, and, but and, it's implied. And, it, and it, was, it was a big part of her character. Yeah. And they were kind of talking about it before the movie released too. And then they, the last minute just took it all out because they wanted that Chinese money. Well, I don't think that's going to have as much of a uh, bearing on future movies anymore. Like, well, I just want to mention it because it's pride month. And Is it? It is, right? 
Oh, it's dinosaur month. You know, like taken as a whole, the, the movie's not that bad. Like it's something that you can sit down and watch and, and enjoy yourself with. But when you really start to dig into it, it's a very problematic film. I opinion. gave it my first impression. When I, I look back on my Instagram, uh, when the movie first came out, I posted a review of it and I, it was like, I think I gave it like a six out of 10. Like it wasn't that high. It wasn't my favorite one at all. And uh, I think it, a lot of the problems that I had with it were more of like, um, at the end of the movie when everybody was running away from this like super intelligent hybrid Indoraptor thing and it just keeps getting fooled into not knowing where they are. And I'm like, how do they keep hiding from this thing if it's like super intelligent? And then the other thing too, what I, one of the things that always bugs me about these movies and it's consistent. So I, I, it's a thing that happens in every single movie, even from the first one till now is like dinosaurs are conveniently sneaky when they need to be. Mm-hmm. And then obviously... Rampaging. Like announced when they need to be. It's like the Indoraptor, this huge like opening doors, two thousand pound thing, and, and whatever. It's breaking through these metal grates and this, you know, it's breaking through glass and this. But this little girl closes a wooden door, can't get through it. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> like, there's moments like that, and then with the T Rex, the T Rex is basically a ninja in this movie, right? Like every other time, almost every other time when it when the plot wants it to be, the you know the big boom, <laughs> you know, you get the ripples in the water. The T Rex is coming. The T Rex is coming. But in this movie, this thing shows up like out of nowhere, like mm-hmm. seven times. I, I was telling Jude. <laughs> when, when um, what's his name, the the smarmy uncle guy yeah. dies at the end. Yeah, no indication and, like, whatsoever. Like the, like the the T Rex just comes out of frame and 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 clamps its mouth on him and, and kills him. And it's just like you know he'd have seen that. <laughs> like, like, like like you know what's funny is that you couldn't have, he couldn't have snuck up on. <laughs> what I thought was interesting about that scene is kind of dumb is that they they tried to trick you because there's a Carnosaurus in the background, the one with the little horns. It's it's in the background, like way, way, way out of focus. You can see it moving around and you're like, oh, the Carnosaurus is going to see him. And it's going to eat him. And then, like it tricks you into thinking that. And then all of a sudden the T-Rex just comes in and chomps him. And you're like, what? Where did that come from? <laughs> so we wanted to ask you. Um, so Jude and I went frame by frame through. <laughs> the, the, oh, these, yeah. Oh, boy. These T-Rex scenes. Um, so we know that the T-Rex in Fallen Kingdom is the same T-Rex from. Jurassic World. Um, yes, I believe, and Jurassic I Park. believe you call her Rexy. It's Rexy, yeah. So we went back to Jurassic Park to look at, because in Jurassic World, Rexy has scars already on one side of her face. And then she gets new scars when she fights the Indominus Rex. So she's all scarred up by the time we get to um, Fallen Kingdom. But we didn't see where she got her initial scars in the first movie. So we were wondering, is this really the same T-Rex from Jurassic Park? Yeah, the first movie, um, it's on her, I guess it would be on her left side, on her jaw and her neck, where the raptors were climbing on top of her. Actually, actually it's on her right side is, is where the the scars... It, it switches. Yeah. Does it switch? Yeah. Well, well, the Indominus Rex was the one who gave her the scars on the left side. Yes. Because she was, her left side was facing up when she was pinned down. Mm. Um, but in Jurassic uh, Park... Uh, we couldn't find the scene where she got those scars from the raptors. Yeah. It's like we didn't see the raptors scratch her or anything. Oh, it's at the very end, like right before. We, the, we looked at that scene for the last one where yeah, she but that's grabs the, it by that's the on tail. The wrong side. She grabs it by the tail and then rips it and throws it into the skeleton. That's when it scratches her neck, and that's when she gets those initial scars. We went through it with the fine tooth comb. We put it on slow mo. Well, I know. can't say 
that from the, for 20 some odd years, they've been 100% accurate with where the scars are located. So I don't know, maybe there are a couple instances where they get switched or maybe the, the, uh, scene gets mirrored. Maybe I, I mean, I'm sure the images on the internet are probably mirrored in some way. If somebody takes a picture of it, and you know, I, I was also wondering, so the way they transport the T-Rex in this movie, um, I'm like, why didn't they do that the exact same way in lost world? Because uh, she's Instead of the she, cargo hold. Yeah, well, she's in the cargo hold, but you'd think, okay, Look. if they have her tranked, <laughs> why wouldn't she be in like some type of confined cage right. that, that would keep her from you know rampaging out? Like, wh- how how did that whole ship massacre? Listen, nobody world survived happen? that. We can't ask them. <laughs> we we <laughs> talked about that last week. It's just so bad. Oh, There's man. no answers to that Vader, question. Vader's gonna freak out. <laughs> God. Damn it. I want to say, though, that is one of my favorite scenes in this entire movie is the animatronic get the blood from the T-Rex scene. I freaking love that scene. I don't I think I, it's just seeing the full size animatronic T-Rex with Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, like in the same shot in this little confined space. I, I do like I that it. point where uh, his face ends up right, like right against her and he pulls it away and it's just like, like super stringy <laughs> mucusy. He's like so Whoa. gross. <laughs> I, I do like that scene, but it's such a like like you. It felt so shoehorned in there. They were like, we need to have a scene with like the T Rex in here, and it, it felt like one of those scenes that was there just because they wanted to put it in there rather than feeling necessary to the plot. I don't know. Um, no, I mean, like I said, there's nothing wrong with the scene. It was like a, a fun scene to watch. Um, it just it bugged me. Um, because it felt shoehorned in. I think this movie just bugs you. <laughs> it, it, it really does. It really That's does. all right. That's all right. So there's five movies total, not including Battle at Big Rock? Yeah. Not including that one. So favorite to least favorite, where would you go? Um, I I did this the other day on Twitter. I think I put out my... My rankings, uh, number of course, the first one, number one. That's, I don't think that anybody can argue with that. Um, I honestly, yeah, I want to say that Jurassic World is probably number two, followed very, very closely with number three, and then Fallen Kingdom, and then The Lost World. I think is how I would rank them, and I'm going to get a lot of shit from that because people love The Lost World. I will. And agree, I don't want to. I take, will agree with that ranking. I, I would. I think <laughs> I, I would go one. Four, five, two, three. Okay. That's that's what I would do. I would say one, um, four, and then three and five are kind of tied for me, and then two. Right on. All right, guys, before we get on to our next, we're trying to talk about uh, Battle at Big Rock. I just wanted to remind everybody that you guys can support the podcast. Go to Salty Nerd podcast.com that will take you directly to whatever podcast platform that you prefer whether you're an android user or an iphone user you can go there subscribe don't forget to leave a review for us we really appreciate it five stars three stars i don't care just leave a review let us know what you think of the podcast no one star i care we want a lot of stars i don't care I, just give us stars something there's somewhere along the lines five stars or go G- give us give us a, <laughs> i what? We'll talk about it later. No, go ahead. Give us five stars. Give we'll us five stars. We'll send you a sticker. There you go. There you yeah. go. Give us five stars. We'll send you and a sticker. And let us know that you did it so we can check it out and yeah. we'll get a hold of you and we'll send you some stuff. Exactly. You and can contact join us. Join our on- Patreon so you could be a saltine. 
saltine. Saltine. <laughs> Give us five stars. We'll contact you. Make sure you contact us on Twitter. I'm at salty underscore nerd. You can hit me up. Uh, you can even DM me. I think my DMs are open to public. So just DM me and say, hey, I give you a five-star review. I'll send you a sticker and some cool stuff. Um, appreciate it. And thanks for the support. Now, let's talk about this awesome eight-minute short, which honestly might be the best part of the sequels so far. Uh, Battle at Big Rock. Um, Colin Trevorrow did a short film in the forest somewhere in England. Uh, it was in between shooting for the, the third movie. It was like a big hubbub. They made a big deal about it. And all, the fandom was on fire. We're like, yes, we're getting like this nice little little treat in between waiting yeah, for these this, two movies. Is this a, supposed to be a teaser for what's I think, coming? I think it was more of a technology test, right? Just to see what it looks like? Maybe. Because I, I know they used a lot of the CGI, um, like some more advanced CGI in this movie, but they all, in this short film, but they also used an animatronic Allosaurus, which was, I mean, and they mixed the two. They used the animatronic one, but then they kind of like masked it with some CGI and kind of meshed the two together. And I think it came out freaking fantastic. Um, but this, it, it does kind of fill a gap. It kind of explains what happened after uh, the second movie or after the fifth movie, I guess. Um, and where the dinosaurs went, because there's a, a couple lines of dialogue in this one, in the short film where they're like, Oh, is, did you hear about what happened down South or whatever? Like uh, they're assuming that they're in California and they're North of where the, uh, what, the castle just, was. Give me a 30 second breakdown of what happens in this thing. Uh, these people are camping in a, in a camp zone somewhere in Northern California. And it's because like a trailer park camp, yeah, right? It's more like that, more yeah. of like a community. But there's like, there's like a bonfire and stuff like that. So it's more of like a outdoory camping. Than yeah, but a I, I got the sense that it was more of a community, like shit went bad in America. So, um, oh, they no, just created this community. I don't think it's been that long. No. Oh, no. okay. No, 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 no. It's, it's only been weeks. I think a few weeks cause they said it in the movie. Uh, they said, like, okay. oh, did you hear what happened a few weeks ago down, down 30 south? seconds is up. <laughs> she distracted <laughs> me. Anyway, so they're they're camping in this area, and uh, because of what happened in the movie where these dinosaurs got released into the wild, now uh, these people kind of come in contact with dinosaurs on the regular, and they're like, oh, shit, there's freaking dinosaurs roaming just, like, out in public, and there's nothing to stop them from just killing people. And that's what happens. They, they find uh, this uh, no pseudoceratops family, a male, female, and a baby. And then this Allosaurus comes in because it's hungry and it wants to eat and it starts to uh, attack them. Yeah, and but the, the, humans the dinosaurs are just, have the battle. Yeah. And the humans were just kind of like... And they're collateral the damage. Yeah, collateral yeah. damage. All right. And it's, I mean, and I loved it. Like if, if we had a whole movie of like something like this along these lines, I'm down. Because I felt like this was more true to like... You don't have to be good or bad to be in danger of dinosaurs. It's just kind of like they're there. And if you are in the way, they're going to eat you. And I also feel like this is more true to just like nature. Like this is what we see in the real world. Lions and eat zebras eating, you know, and stuff like that. And crocodiles eating people. <laughs> it's I, like, I, I will it say, just happens. I will say it was a very good short film. And Colin Trevorrow, I think like he got to start doing like short films that uh, led to him getting a feature. Um, but uh, he, like, this is a textbook example of how to write a really good short film. Like, everything that you needed to do um, in the story was done. Everything was set up. It was properly paid off. Uh, you got really good characterization in a very short period of time. You got, like, the, the scenario. Um, ba basically, like, it was just a perfectly written short film, in my yeah. opinion. It was really good. I loved it. Uh, Perfectly written. Perfectly written. Copy. From Matthew Kadish. Yeah, that is the he stamp gets, of approval. He gets, Damn. gets an A 
on his paper. Damn. And that's good. Yeah, so if Colin Trevorrow <laughs> can just stick to short films instead of features, <laughs> it might, might be pretty good. That's fired. No, I just needs to, you know, take these things and stretch out the ideas a little bit. Because honestly, like if, like I said, if they had a movie, full-length movie, that's just basically this battle at Big Rock, I'm down. That was awesome. I freaking loved it. And I love the... <laughs> there was a, a moment in this short film where I legitimately thought... A dinosaur was gonna eat a baby. Yep. I was like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Huh. I was like, no. <laughs> I was honestly it's scared. Happening. For a minute, I was like, they're gonna do it. Holy shit, they're gonna but, do but it. It's like, it. put your hand over that baby's mouth. <laughs> I, I, I loved how at the beginning, uh, the father was kind of scolding the girl for playing with a crossbow. Yeah. And then at the end, it's that girl with that crossbow that saves them uh -huh. from being eaten. Yep. Set up and pay off. Set, Set up, up and pay, pay off. off. It was perfect. Yep. Hey, man, don't be teaching my daughter how to shoot your crossbow. Like, it's so funny. Because it comes off as like a funny side moment. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, that's yeah. just. And like yeah. immediately before shit goes bad. Yeah. And it's funny because that actor was from um, Castle Rock, uh, that Hulu show. Remember him? Mm, not like, from that, no. From, he was the main character in the first season. Oh. And I, I was just like, oh, he he heard the, the schism. Yes. <laughs> and the dinosaurs came through. <laughs> Anyway, um, what did you think about this? You watched it a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, a few weeks ago. Did you like it? Yeah, it was fun. You know, dinosaur fight. I kind of like the part at the end where they showed the dinosaurs on the freeway. Oh, and the, the little yeah, viral and the, and videos? Yeah, and the, and the yeah. thing in the ocean and, you know, just, yeah. yeah. It's, like it's funny, I didn't know that they were real viral videos that they just inserted dinosaurs into. Yep. <laughs> yep, they took viral videos from the internet that you know, we're all over the place from different types of things that happened and they just dubbed in. Nice. I, I wish, I wish uh, theaters would, or these movie people would put more stuff like that out. Really? Just, just fun stuff. Oh, like, like people little like short us, films and stuff. Yeah. People like us can eat yeah. up and talk about and have some fun with. And, well, that's the thing. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to talk about Colin and his, his, like, you can say what you want about the films, criticize them. You know, they're not perfect. I don't think anybody thinks they are, but um, like his, his action as a director who's in charge of this franchise and his interaction with the fan base is just phenomenal. Like I have no complaints about the guy at all. He's so cool. He, he even answered a, a handful of my tweets, which I, it's like rare that he that ever does happens. seem very hands on. It's really cool. And yeah. I think he respects the fan base. Uh, he, I know there was a story from when he was first making Jurassic world. He wanted to have a moment um, where the Indominus uh, takes down, um, like you know, like uh, when you go to like the actual Universal Studios here in in California, and uh, they have like the animatronic dinosaurs that kind of move around and stuff. He I've never wanted, been there. Never. Not this one, no. There, you need to go. No. He wanted I've to been. have a moment where the Indo the Indominus Rex like rips down one of the animatronic dinosaurs, and Spielberg was like, you know, fans aren't gonna like that, right? <laughs> and he's like, what? Why? <laughs> he's like, because they love animatronic dinosaurs. Yeah. If you have your CGI dinosaur eat an animatronic dinosaur, <laughs> they're gonna flip. And he's yeah. like, oh, I better not do that then. <laughs> and the, and the thing is, like, I know that we he caught some criticism with the two movies, of course, as every director does. But his response to that is like, I love it. They hold my feet to the fire and hold me yeah. responsible for mistakes. And I learn from it and I try well, to be better the next he time. He actually respects their opinions, even yeah. if he doesn't agree with them. Like, like he, he hears them. Yeah. You know, that's more than you can say for a lot of filmmakers nowadays. Yeah. So I stand Colin Trevorrow. I, that guy I, I think awesome. they've got a good niche here. Every single kid in the world, at least everyone that I've known, we all go through our dinosaur phase. Yeah. So it's, it's like, I got stuck. Who doesn't want to see dinosaurs, you know? <laughs> I got fossilized in my dinosaur moment. <laughs> Couldn't get out of it. Um, but yeah, uh, Katie, you said it was perfectly written, which is blew my mind. Uh, mm -hmm. Jude, what did you think about Battle at Big Rock? Oh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good little film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there, did you find, I, I, 
like I was talking about the moment where I thought the baby was going to get eaten. Like, did you feel like there was more horror in this oh, yeah. than, than any of the other sequels movies? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was um, darker Yeah, and I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I didn't, I didn't know about the rules of people have to have it coming. <laughs> Such a bullshit um, rule. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought it was a well-rounded film and um, I was, I was, I thought it was, set a little bit more in the future. I didn't, I didn't catch that it was only a few weeks later. And I, th- I thought that it was like, Oh, it's just during a time where these dinosaurs are, are roaming wild and they are just a part of our nature now. Mm. And I just, I thought that that whole little thing that the little girl was talking about, like, Oh no, that's a, this a sore. And it's, it's a, that, a, that a sore. I thought <laughs> that that was like part of their education now. Like they're teaching children about the do's and the don'ts with living with these things and uh, I just got the sense that it was more of like a these are how this is how people are living now in these and like I, I really communities. Like, I really like how the film kind of ramps up because it's at the, the beginning it's just this little camping community and the dad's grilling some chicken and he like he's like oh you know like he he burns the chicken but he's like oh it's it's charred on the outside but juicy on the inside <laughs> and it, you know it's just kind of like a very nice slice of normal life. Yes. And then all of a sudden, like all the neighbors disappear and they're like, you know, like, hey, where are our neighbors? And then you see like the dinosaurs and they're like, oh. but then it's like, oh, wait, okay, they're, they're her- herbivores, they're harmless. And then like, you know, oh, no, the, the carnivore shows up, uh, but oh, they're, they're just fighting each other. And then like, oh, you know. The, the moment where the baby cries yes. and alerts the Allosaurus, yes. I was like. And, and then shit gets real. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and when the baby is still strapped into his chair after like the, the trailer gets flipped over. That was and, terrible. And everyone is like kind of. Um, unconscious out, and, yeah. and the baby's still crying and the dinosaur's trying to get to it. Oh. You're just like, oh my God. Give me freaking anxiety just thinking about <laughs> yeah. it, man. That is such a hard but, thing to watch. I mean, honestly, as a parent, and this is this is the first thing I thought was like when that, the car- Carnosaurus? Allosaurus. Allosaurus. When that one showed up, my first instinct as a parent would have been to grab that baby and put my hand over his mouth <laughs> before it started crying. Yeah. That's, it was a, Yeah. I don't know that baby. But I guess they needed that. Whatever to sound effect or whatever sound, you know, they use for the baby cry. I don't know if it's just it was actually it was ear recorded. Piercing. It was like it was that oh shit cry. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that cry once or twice before. It's not a good cry. We can talk about uh, Jurassic World Dominion, which is the which is the third movie that's going to be coming out and I I I really hope that Battle at Big Rock is kind of like a taste of what's to come because you're talking about the idea of like, well, this is just normal life now. There's dinosaurs and we have to be aware of it and they're out in public. I'm like, please make that the whole movie because it was, I bought it was it. amazing. I thought it was uh, a good perspective on a new film. Yeah. Let's not have it in a park again. We're, we're beyond that. Well, we yeah. know Alan Grant, Ellie and Malcolm are all coming back. In significant roles, they significant said. That's roles. great. Yeah. So, and that's another thing too with the fandom is like Colin Trevorrow was like, I'm not going to bring these legacy characters back one by one and just kill them off. He was like such a slight to Lucasfilm for bringing yeah. them. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take it to Suck him. Man. It. It's like they fired me. So I'm just going to throw some shade other way. It was awesome. Like I, I know I'm, I'm confident that like they're going to have uh, a good reason for being there. Like, it's not just like, of course there is the outside meta view of like, yeah, these are legacy characters. We want to see them in the film one last time, yada, yada, yada. But I don't, I really hope that he knows enough not to just shoehorn him in there. I feel like, like they did to, in the second movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. 
uh, well, Ian Malcolm was very much who, like, re- remember before Fallen Kingdom came out, they were making a big deal about Ian Malcolm's back. Ian Malcolm, he, he's in like two scenes for three seconds. Yeah, he's in the courthouse. Yeah, they Luke Skywalker him. Yeah. Actually, they got more of him than they got of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, but, but they made a big deal about bringing him back, and he they was in the most him. insignificant role. Like, you could have cut him out of that movie. It wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah. No, I disagree, but... He's the voice of reason. He's been, I mean, he was, at least he was consistent. Yeah. yeah. I can say that. Yeah. Like yeah. he was the voice, like, no, let them die. That. The thing is though, is he didn't need to be in that movie. Yeah. He had, he, he did not have a important role to play. It was a cool cameo. Film. I don't need yeah, I'm not for... saying it wasn't a cool cameo. I'm just saying that it was very poorly handled. If, oh. if you're bringing back a legacy character like that, do it more than, do it better than they did in Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> <laughs> is he coming back for the next one? Yeah, yeah he's, yeah, yeah I yeah, don't know how much of a role he's going to have because of all the characters, uh, Ian Malcolm would be the one who's like done with dinosaurs, right? Yeah. I don't. And that's one character I don't need for him to have an arc. I, I feel like he's so rigidly who he is yeah. and I want him to stay consistent. I would love him to say one line. God, I hate being right all the time. Like if he says that because like it's exactly exactly what happened Uh or what exactly what he said was going to happen happened. I I would love for him to say that line. Life uh, finds a way. way. I I want him to come in with a 20 year old wife. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some hot piece. (laughs) Some some hot, hot little girl. She's just like a friend of his daughter's. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awesome. Uh, Kadish, what do you think they're going to do with uh, this third movie? Seeing that Colin Trevorrow has like, this was the movie that he's been really wanting this to to make. This one where dinosaurs are in in the in the wild. Well, whatever they do, it's probably going to be like the military acting evil, trying to kill all these dinosaurs, and then you'll have a ragtag group oh, uh, of dinosaur lovers who are like, "We have to protect the dinosaurs from the military." <laughs> they will be very multiculturally diverse. Yes, stunning and brave. Um, I actually, I, I don't know. I think that, like you said. Battle at Big Rock is a taste of what we're going to get where like the dinosaurs are out and they're claiming dominion over the, the planet again. And it's going to be humanity versus dinosaurs. I know that Trevorrow specifically said that, uh, you know, the first three Jurassic Park movies were kind of about, you know, you know, playing God and the next three are going to be about the consequences of doing so. And so like we're going to see in dominion probably the full blown consequences of, you know, dinosaurs being let loose on the earth again. I hope it's like Planet of the Apes, where humanity just like gets thrashed. That would be in the trilogy after this one. Oh, okay. I'm down for that. Yeah, Jurassic Universe. I don't want like super intelligent, like smart dinosaurs. Like, um, like the apes became more and more human, and they could start talking. I don't want that. But no, I'm like, you don't I, want I would, half half human, half dinosaur. No, I don't want that. Bunch of dinosaurs sitting around playing poker. <laughs> I want that painting right behind me. <laughs> no, but I'm just, I'm saying like I want um, like if if humanity by by releasing all these dinosaurs into the wild and like I would love it if some like prehistoric disease just wipes out most of humanity and like all that's left is like a small percentage of human beings and like they're, see they're outnumbered yes except for they can actually see <laughs> and they would have to it's like the numbers reverse right there's more dinosaurs than humans like I thought that I think that idea would be really freaking cool I'm picturing something a little bit more role reversal that we than we've seen before like the so far what we've seen is like the military trying to get these dinosaurs and create them to be weapons so I'm picturing something that's much more like dinosaurs have taken over and now the military has to come in to fix the problem and like I I picture like the elite they have like their pet dinosaurs that they've domesticated (laughs) 
or like servant dinosaurs. They're like, oh, let's have Rexy come in and serve us drinks. And it's like, it like walks in, it's got the drinks on its back. And they're like, isn't he cute? And then it eats one of the kids. <laughs> Sounds like the Rick and Morty episode. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, gee, Rick, I don't know, man. This seems like a really bad idea. <laughs> What do you think is going to happen in this? Uh, I have no movie? idea. No idea. No, no speculation. No clue. Whatsoever. No speculation. Okay. I don't. I'm just in my head. I'm trying to figure out why we let dinosaurs <laughs> become such a threat when we can just shoot the ones we see and be done with it. But whatever. All y'all need is just a red laser. <laughs> There's no hybrids in this movie. That's been stated. There's no more hybrids. This is that. Indoraptor oh, was the last one. Yeah, that reminded me. Why didn't they give the Indoraptor um, camouflage abilities if? Uh, you know, it's being used for war. Because I'll see it. It's cool. It was just prototype. <laughs> well, the whole, the whole thing about the Indominus Rex that made it so that was a side effect that they didn't expect. But yeah. but but once they got its DNA, they could have replicated didn't they that. Right? Just that's get why that, they though? had to get the dino. Yeah, DNA. they just got that. So they needed that bone and Blue's blood to make the good one next. Coming up next. Boom! But that that's all done with now because we're yeah. not going to follow that thread. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, that's all I have to say about dinosaurs. You guys good? It's been two hours. I think that's sufficient. Oh, we got two hours? Yeah. Thank God. I didn't want you to complain that we <laughs> short we talk long enough. We about those shitty Star Wars movies for like four hours. I did. That was you guys. <laughs> that was all you guys. Alex, I abstained for a lot of that, but I am with you on this. What's that? On the dinosaur thing? Yeah. I love dinosaurs. I watched it. I'm here for it. I'm talking about it. I appreciate it. I didn't support. go, you know what? Have Danny do it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Danny. He only comes in for the stuff you don't want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. He gets my scraps. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast all about Jurassic World and Colin Trevorrow, how awesome he freaking is. Shout out to that guy. Um, if you guys would like to su- support this podcast, you can go to saltynerdvideo.com. It's our YouTube channel. You can subscribe and like. We have all of our content there broken up into nice digestible little segments for you so check that out you can also go to saltynerdclub.com if you would like to support this podcast show throw us some cheddar and uh, you can do a dollar five dollars ten dollars whatever it is and you get some exclusive content in return and uh signing off matthew kadish where can they find you on the socials nowhere don't find me yeah don't he just wow you done scolding <laughs> scolding hot takes <laughs> Birds of Prey and Last Jedi. You have to already know him in order to follow him. Very exclusive. (laughs) Jude, where can they find you? I I am Jude. Uh, You can find me at I am Jude Juju on Instagram and Twitter. Right on. And Matthew Vader, the barbarian himself. Where can they find you? Uh, You can find me at Matt Vader 74. Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. Grindr. Stop it. (laughs) Every week we do this. It stopped being funny so long ago. I still laugh. (laughs) I'm not on Grindr. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Have a great night. Fuck yeah, dinosaurs. everybody, this is Salty from the Salty Nerd Podcast, here to remind you that we are a member of the Red 5 Network. If you would like to support other podcasts just like this one, you can go to red5network.com.